again, Sunday night, time for a street fight. We're taking your calls. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. All the street fighters have been waiting because that call queue is completely full right now. I'd maybe wait until next week at this point. Uh, but thanks for the excitement. We're glad to be back. Uh, my name is Ren. My co-host is Stimpy. Uh, we're Street Fight Radio. <laughs> you don't like my ch- childhood cartoon reference? <laughs> it's not my favorite thing, but it's okay. Sure. Um, thanks for being here. It's been a while since we've done the show, uh, the call-in, and we are glad, like I said, to have all y'all here watching. You can watch the show on YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch. You can find us. There's a big unified chat, too, where everybody starts talking. And even in the Discord, there's now a live stream channel. So plenty of places to get involved with the show. Give it a listen. Talk to other cool people. See what's up. Uh, Thanks for being here. If you want to support the show, you can do that through uh, Patreon. And we haven't done this in a while, and I wanted to do it. Um, but, you know, we don't do advertisements. We don't tell you to buy things or use promo codes and shit with our name. Uh, we offer things. But Grubhub is a terrible fucking service. And after we went and did the tour and some recent experiences with it, nobody wants warm food that's really fucking sweaty. And I wouldn't use Grubhub. I would find a better option or just eat a box of Pop-Tarts instead. Yeah, eat a box of Pop-Tarts, man. I don't like Grubhub either. I, I try to rarely use it. Yeah. If I'm hungry, I just got to do Got to. Sure. Do. I yeah. understand. Yeah. I understand. Get that sweaty food. I uh, don't want to... So that's the anti-ad. Here's a, here, this isn't an ad, but when we were in Massachusetts, where was Privateer Rum at? Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, switched. we went to the Privateer Rum place uh dylan showed us around thank you for that so tonight i'm enjoying some of the single batch spirit their uh distiller's drawer true american reserve rum and it's fucking delicious i love it yeah i got some for my wife and she's a big fan of it yeah it's not good it's not like corny ass like captain morgan's like you don't put fucking coca-cola on this shit it's for real rum drinkers that are like pirates and celebrate talk like a pirate day Real rum, yeah, real I just, rum I just, minutes. I see. I just destroyed the brand. That's why you don't want to pay me to do ads. Yeah, don't ever. I don't want to tie them to talk like a pirate day. Yeah, don't do that. We don't like that. So uh, we are back. We are back in Ohio after a long layoff here, uh, about three, three, you know, three weeks. Uh, I just want to say because I have received a lot of emails and a lot of DMs. We are aware of what is going on on Reddit, on our subreddit, and uh, again, or not again, we've never, we haven't brought it up. I don't want to talk, I'm not going to spend time talking about it, but uh, I will say that this person is welcome to contact us and get help, but you can't, you can't uh, threaten moderators in our groups with uh, suicide and like just get to do it we're welcoming community but you know i don't know what else to do yeah we're not psychologists we're not psychiatrists we're not trained helpers we offered help and, and we do believe in take that. it yeah so i'm not gonna call the police so there's nothing we can really do 
And if that person accepts, you know, whatever we can do to help them, I mean, I, you know, if it's money, we can probably figure that out. Then that's that. Then we're more than willing to do it, but there's nothing we can really do about it. We're going to be paying attention on the chats and our live shows, and we're going to be paying attention to the callers on the phones and nothing. We don't want anything to happen that would, would jeopardize the mental health of the people that listen to this show or the moderators in any of our groups. And we know what's going on. We're aware of it. We're just trying not to. We're, this is the last time I'm talking about it. And this is it. And uh, on to the fun shit now. Yeah. Started on the Discord. Um, we're definitely pro therapy and pro getting help from outside people. Having a brain is a terrible disorder, and you really should get someone to spot you while you do your thinking. So I suggest reaching out to professional help. Right. All right. Well, we're back. Uh, ready to take your calls. Yeah. We're going to take calls. some calls. We're going to chat with some people. I feel kind of weird right now, like weirdly anxious. I have like anxiety. I think I'm going to go eat one of those uh CBD gummies and see if that brings me down or not. Smart. I, I don't know. I wonder if people can even hear it in my voice because I feel it like in my voice. Like I'm very weird. If anybody wants a peek inside my dumb, anxious brain, uh, I so if I I don't eat during the day very much, and if I start to feel lightheaded from not eating, if I start to shake, if I start to feel nauseous, if I start to sweat. It'll send me into a spiral of panic that will just, it would just eat me alive. And I'm currently in the middle of that mm. and I'm trying to make it go away. Uh, I hope to be very funny tonight. Usually when I'm performing, I uh, can get over it pretty quickly. So we'll see. Yeah. I think it'll be great. I'm trying. I'm going to try. I'm rooting for you. Thanks for rooting. Yeah, well, I would imagine you're rooting for me. You're sitting across the table from me carrying half the weight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I could also, I mean, I could watch you go down and be fine. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, I'm okay, though. I'm okay. I don't want people to think that I'm like, my panic attacks have, like, started picking up over the past couple months. About what? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. They just come out of nowhere. They just really, I'm medicated for them and, uh, but nothing situational. I can't like, there's not a Xanax I can take. There's not an Ativan that I can take to come down. I just kind of have to naturally come down because my doctor doesn't believe in that stuff. So I basically just have to figure out how to come down. And, uh, unfortunately it just so happens that I hadn't had one in weeks. And then I got one one hour before I had to be on the air. <laughs> so okay, we'll see, you know? Yeah. I know there's a lot of listeners that have panic attacks. I I for sure know that too. You know? And I have them. I'm normal. It's normal. It's fucking totally normal it to is. have panic attacks. Completely. But crazy. It's not crazy to have a panic attack. It's it's weird and scary. And uh, when you're 40, I had assumed that they would go away. You know? Because like, I had felt like they were going away for a long time. Like, ah, it's not really happening anymore. But for some reason... I don't know. I've been hitting hitting them again. Like I, they were it's really a, heavy when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. And I just chalked that up to like figuring out how to grow up. Yeah. But now I'm 40 and I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. Maybe well, something's happening. I don't know. I, I don't ever. 
you know, I go to the doctor every six months. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a constant struggle against uh, it. I mean, you think you just have to establish, you know, uh, a sort of a protocol when those things happen, you know, like when you feel that way, uh, you know, kind of know how to shut it down. That's what I've been working on really is just figuring out, like, if I start getting angry, like how to stop like throwing fuel into the fire, you know, um, or like being depressed and then just being like, okay, well, Am I going to go on this hike and be really depressed or am I going to go on this hike and just fucking enjoy the hike? You know, like I have to make a choice. I can't just like I can't be on autopilot. You can't because, you know, uh, unfortunately, like at a very young age, we develop these like ruts or these like continuous patterns that will keep replaying um, if you just go on autopilot. If you just let if you let your natural inclinations take over, it's going to be the self-destructive relive your trauma shit so you have to be like on active duty you yeah. know i'm crazy self-destructive too that's the other thing is like when it comes to what goes on in my head it's almost never uh positive so it's like you know i let it get a hold of me i let it grab me yeah and i let it take a day away from me and then yeah i usually come back the next day i don't know what happened today no, it, yeah i mean it's it's a lot to deal with and uh, you know, but it's just really mitigating like the crashes and shit, you know, like not having one and having it like blow up everything, you know, yeah. like not, not like canceling the show and not like saying, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make it. And, you know, just leaning into it and letting it like ruin your plans, but saying readjusting and figuring out what works yeah. for you. I mean, that's why I came and I was like, this was work too. When I worked at the cable company, I was like, I'll go, and I guess once I start working, either it's going to stop or it's not, but I'm yeah. going to be doing something. Right, so right. That's what I'm doing tonight. I was just like, it'll it'll probably stop, probably chill out after a few minutes. Who knows? I'm feeling okay. Don't worry about me. Please. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get some. You get some calls? Well, let's get these calls on the air. Is it six three zero for the first one? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't want to blow up his spot too because. I'm sure there would be people that would love to have Hey. Us. Hello? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for calling Street Fight Radio. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Is this is this Nick? Yeah, this is Nick Hayes. Hi, Nick How Hayes from Means TV. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I, uh, I just got back from New York. I'm, like, back in the Midwest, and that feels great. Uh... And I got to hang out with a bunch of really nice people in New York. Like, I met Jake Flores for the first time. And now he's a super nice guy. Yeah, I, I think he's time. Brett's favorite person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was incredible. Um, you get to go. Did you go to his place? Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. What did you guys get up to out there? Well, his place, so, like, I don't know if I said it where I said it, but, he, like, he lives inside of an old factory that's just been taken over by a, an illegal renting company <laughs> that just started renting out, you know, build places in there. Every inch of it is covered in fucking graffiti. And then you, it opens up into Jake's place and it looks like this amazing apartment from friends. It's yeah. fucking incredible. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought we were going to be sitting on like a pile of fucking cans, you know, like I thought we were going to be doing the show from a Papa's on chair. I was so worried. And like, he had his shit together so well that I was just like, I fucking love this guy. He's like so fucking on point, you know? 
Yeah, and he's also a lot more anarchist than we are. His living situation is a lot more oh, yeah. anarchist than me and he, Brett's living situation. He has the title. He has the anarchy title. He, no way. We, I, I pay rent to a fucking square-ass landlord that pays taxes and shit. That motherfucker's doing like an illegal squat right now. I'm eating crickets, Nick. <laughs> what kind of crickets? Taco-flavored crickets. Like, Brett's had them down here for a while, and I'm a little shaky, and I'm thinking it might need protein maybe yeah that's great so i'm gonna eat these crickets because apparently there's a lot of protein in them but they are definitely crickets they might make your stomach a little they might make your stomach a little uneasy man i don't know it's (laughs) you know you don't want to be experimenting (laughs) it's all fiber it's like scrubbing bubbles on your insides yeah fiber and protein well in that case I mean, all I had for dinner was fucking uh, lo mein with, like, broccoli. Like, it was just a bunch of stuff without calories and then noodles. So maybe that's why I feel so weird inside right now. And I feel like I need to do something about it. So I'm going to eat these disgusting-looking crickets. They're great. Been sitting on a table down here for, like, three weeks. They taste like Doritos. Okay. I'm going to do it. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> How is, uh, how's Means TV going? Uh, what you need, to, listeners, if you have any extra money, go, how do you get to the, uh, fundraising site, Nick? Means.media has a, a fundraising portal, um, and then you can also go to the Action Network, like, Let's Build Means TV, um, link, which we have on our Twitter, but stuff with Means TV is going great. We're, we're in our fourth week now, we're rolling out videos. Uh, you guys are going to be in this week. Uh, we, uh, the fundraising is going great. We've raised over $50,000 so far for this like Netflix, like streaming platform. Um, and we're trying to raise like 500,000. So we, uh, we need all the support we can get. Yeah. I was trying to, uh, everybody's I've, been really cool. Yeah. I've been trying, I was trying to tell everyone in New York, I, uh, was talking to Chapo and like everybody else and explaining the way that like you had things set up with. Like the the people you had in Austin and like print shops and like the whole like horizontally organized nature of the business. I don't know if if people fully understand that. So could you explain it a little bit? Yeah, totally. So we're a worker owned cooperative business. So basically, anybody who is like a full time would be considered a full time employee at any other company. After a certain amount of time, they get brought into the co op with a share of like quarterly profits as well as equal say like voting power um, in the company as me or Naomi or anybody else who um, works here. Vote. I get voting power in the company at some point. So as an entertainer, it's you get residuals basically. So as like right now, the way it would be is if you were hiring like an editor or somebody who's working full time at means TV, Within a period of time, they become a worker owner, right? But for entertainers, we're going to have a sh- uh, basically a pool of profit, so that if your contri- like if your content's on the platform, and I know I've talked a little bit about this with you guys, but if you're if, like if you guys have videos right on Means TV, then you would be getting paid a percentage of profit that the total platform brings in through a residual model, which is kind of like more traditional. Uh, for like paying entertainers and people appearing on screen and stuff. And we do have stuff on Means TV or will when it's out. We have a lot of cool stuff actually that that is lined up, right? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys, yeah. So right now we've been rolling out videos with Street Fight guys, like you guys uh, talking about, yeah, like workplace hierarchy, capitalism. And then for the main platform, you know, we have all sorts of live shows we're working on with you guys, like uh, mm. animated shows, like uh, improv comedy shows. Like there's all sorts of stuff in development for the uh, actual streaming platform we're trying to raise money to fund. That that fucking rules. I can't wait to see the animated stuff. It makes us look really funny yeah. when you animate our stuff. There's an animated one of you guys dropping this week. Uh, that rules. Hell yeah. These crickets. Not very good. Yeah, how are the crickets? He just, uh, he almost barfed. I think he's gonna barf. Yeah, man, I feel like they'd be really dry, dude. They are dry. If you mix them up with some peanuts and cashews, they're a real delight. But I'll tell you what, (laughs) I feel less dizzy. Yeah, that's the power of crickets. Well, it's not the crickets, dude. I think it's the protein. You ate their energy. You you harnessed their energy. Yeah, it's weird. I'm afraid my dookie's gonna have crickets in it. Yeah, you're, I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to have a nice, hefty doo-doo. It's going to clear – those crickets bring everything out with them. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing I got a bidet now. Did you eat the whole bag? Almost. Dude, you're a baller. I, I respect that. So many people are, like, afraid to do that and they're just faking it, you know, when they're like, I like weird food, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't like them, but I'm going to eat the whole bag. They taste funk. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like you bite them and it's like eating a chip. You know? Yeah. But it's a fucking cricket, and all you can think in your head is, this is a bug. No, you got to get past the head I stuff. I can't, though. You know that about me. My head It never tastes like stops. Fritos. It tastes like fucking Fritos. That's true. It does. It does. I mean, if there's two people in this world that know that my head never stops thinking negative things, it's you and Nick. <laughs> it's a- I know. I worry about you. How's the bidet going, though? That seems like a, a shining beacon of, like, hope and light in your life right now. Actually, you know what? It, I'm going to tell you this. Back in, the, back in the early days of Street Fight, there was things where I would be like, God damn, man, I'm never going to feel, like, realized or successful or, like, uh, I'm never going to feel good about what I do. I'm always, like, going to feel bad about what I do. And, like, in the past year... So on my birthday, there was a dinner that I went to and my dad looked at me and he asked me when we're going to play Toronto, which is what he asked me every time he talks to me. (laughs) But then after that, he was like, you know, we had just got back from LA. We had just done this sold out show in LA. And my dad looks at me and he's like, you know what, Brian, I'm proud of you. And I was like, holy shit. And it like it hit me like hard. Like, holy shit, my dad's proud of me now. But then uh, the bidet was something that I had heard a ton of people talk about. Jack Allison has one. And I had heard so many people talk about it. And I was like, I want one of those. And the fact that I was able to be like, I want one of those and get one makes me feel like really good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just not something that I would have spent money on in the past, right? Like, it, it's just something that I would have sat around and said, oh, I wish I had that so right. my hole was more clean. But, like, now 
I just, I went and I got it and I'm using it and I feel powerful. Yeah, as a child, I thought bidets and sushi were out of my reach as a young man from the dirt. You want to hear something weird, though? Somebody on Twitter really actually called me gay because I got one, which is like not a big deal these days. But I just thought it was so weird that like... In yeah, 2019, I mean, a person... They're old school. <laughs> yeah. A person would say that, and you're like, well, first of all, that's not like really... Doesn't hey. affect me if you think that, but also I'm like really just trying to have a clean asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so. I want to say also, just to jump this in there, uh, sorry, I don't want to make like the means TV thing about toilets, but um, if we do, if, we're, if you want more means TV content... I will go on TV and tell young men to take a washcloth and wash their asshole, like touch their asshole in the shower, because I've been reading some horrible things online about young men that are afraid right. of being clean, and you have to touch your own asshole to be a grown-up. Right. You have to clean it yourself. I've been... <laughs> but some people don't know, and maybe, you know, we need like a Jordan Peterson of the left, and that will be us. But here's the thing about Means TV... <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'll show Brett people. Will I'll show people Jordan. my. I'll wash my ass all on stage in front of everybody. That will be the Jordan Peterson of the left. I can tell <laughs> you that that is his dream, and he wants to do that. So, but here's something about Means TV that I don't. I want people to understand, or, or you know, because we keep saying without them, or, or that if you fund Means TV, you get more Street Fight stuff. Like we're not even just talking about our our. Our uh, shows, like our live shows that Nick has recorded that, I mean, there's one with WrestleSplania that is just incredible, and there's one with Chapo that <laughs> is about Satan that's really cool, but we have, like, ideas that if this thing gets funded, we're going to be able to, like, carry out that are, like, really neat. I'm not going to say any of them on the air, but, like, there's some really cool, like, sketch ideas and shit like that that we've come up with that... Honestly, we're all just waiting till we can yeah, I just don't make have, them happen. Yeah, I've, I've dreamed of doing this stuff forever. Brian and I wrote all kinds of uh, sketches and all kinds of video content a fucking decade ago. And we just haven't had like the budget and the camera work and the know-how. And uh, Nick is like the fucking amazing at it. And he's just like a little kid, too. No, Like, I mean, not. he's a fucking kid, man. <laughs> like, seriously. When I was his age... I was like, I, yeah. That's true, though. When when I was Nick's that's why, age, that's why I have to. Sur- that's why I have to surround myself with like extremely competent women, like Naomi and Sarah. Like that's the only reason Means TV is like successful is because there's women like Naomi and Sarah like keeping it moving. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. If they weren't there, you would still be driving around the country with us, getting kicked out of hotel. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would be very unfocused. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, uh, God. What's well, so incredible? <laughs> there's so many like sketches we want to do, and like so many, uh, yeah, like so many different funny things we want to shoot, and like, um, yeah, man, like I'm really excited to do all that stuff with you guys. And I, I think it's so incredible that like, and and this is just me being serious for for like a minute that like Nick did a lot of the first live shows with us like a lot of the very early stuff where we were only doing one a month and we weren't touring and uh we were figuring out how to do them and what our chemistry uh was like nick was there he was an important part of the thing and uh i'm gonna say this and it's gonna this 
whenever I say this, it makes me sound like the worst person in the world. He's the easiest person I've ever worked with because he disappears. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's incredible. It, it, it was great. Like, like he, he went to the Juggalo March with us. Like so many things that I like. I admire what you do, especially at your age, because, like I said, I mean, obviously, like you know, things like this weren't around when I was twenty-one. But like, I wasn't even like looking to do anything good when I was. 19 20 21 like i was i was fucking looking for a, a job at a utility and uh doing acid every night <laughs> when i was 21 which i know nick you would like to do that too but <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean it's just too much like there's it's like you guys are too funny like trillbillies are too funny like Sara june is too funny to not have somebody there to like help organize the media around you yeah man but we should we should set up a time in a cabin and do acid or something you need to take a break and not work so hard all the time you should take some acid time too let's do it i would love to do acid with you guys but that that'd be a very positive experience you are really right about like a lot of us like do this stuff uh and you know a good example of this uh i was actually talking to will about it when we were in New York, we we all were talking about this, but like a lot of people will say, you know, you guys should make your own Patreon and then combine a bunch of the shows together and then make it a, a, a cheaper subscription fee than like all the shows separate. And it's like, but like none of us have the skills to do that. Like there's all these people that do have mutual respect and like working with each other and are willing to work with each other. They want to do legendary shit. And they want to like create a huge thing. Like we want to create like a cultural. I like, I want to usher in a new era of comedy. I know that sounds like a fucking grandiose thing to say, but it's like what I want to do. And if nobody's there, like taking this stuff and compiling it and putting it in one place where people can get to it, then it really is kind of every man for himself when it comes, every man or woman or non-binary person for themselves, when it comes to like uh, making a movement, making some sort of a, uh, making some sort of like entertainment kind of comedy, like, I mean, left, like, it's all leftist stuff, you know, it's just like, it takes somebody that can organize those things and put those things in one place. And then you, you, like, people can go there and find it and find the richness in this community. It's very hard to, like, explain to a Street Fight fan, you should listen to Trillbillies, they're really great. A, a certain percentage of our listeners will do that. And it's the same thing with like the Trillbillies. They'll say street fight, the street fight guys are great. You know, we should listen, but only a certain percentage of their, of, of their listeners are even going to like give it a shot. But if it's all in the same place, streaming on video and you can, and, and somebody who's a fan that maybe signs up to see Trillbilly stuff is scrolling through and sees something that we did that like, that like mean that's important and and like people i i think people will, would really get a lot out of it and a lot of material and it's all artists that are 
operating without agents that are operating without going on TV, like all that that are operating without the help of the mainstream, like entertainment machine, which gives us all like a level of freedom that has never been seen in comedy before. Yeah, totally. And it's like, uh, yeah. And I mean, that's what's exciting and fun about it. And it's like, we can just like run with it and do whatever we want because like, you know, if we do it somewhere like Beans TV where we don't have to like change stuff for advertisers or like uh, worry about like network sensors and different things and we can just like really just have the freedom to do the comedy we want and put it out in a variety of ways to reach as many people as possible. Like that's the whole goal. We have, I mean, and Brian and I from have always been like, I mean, if one of these big companies, if a, a Vice or NBC or any of the big big ones or any of the small companies that they own, like, we go in completely prepared to lose the fucking thing from the very beginning. Like, we're not relying on, we don't want to rely on them at all because they're not going to control what we can say or if we have to, to, like, be positive about some awful light beer or something, you know? That's yeah, exactly. It's uh, and it's it's like yeah, this is no fun. And it's like if entertainment's no fun to make, then like what what's on screen is gonna suffer. So it's like make it more fun. Let's make it more representative of like a variety of working class voices and experiences. Um, so I totally hear you. It's been so fun, like just coming into this whole world of like leftist stuff through you guys and through just like you guys being so nice and kind to everybody and trying to like take that same energy and approach with people and just be like fostering and like supportive. And, uh, you guys have done such a great job of like supporting me and supporting Naomi. And, um, you know, like, yeah, we really appreciate that. And you guys are like, um, such great, like inspiration in the scene for just how to treat people and how to be. Yeah. Well, we want to, I think the point is that we like, we want a scene we think it's important for our, I mean, not only for our success, because I do think it's, a, I think it's important that there's a scene for like our success, like it helps us, but it helps everybody if there's a scene and it, it, all this stuff has a message and I see it as a very positive message, even though Nick's getting yelled at from all sides yeah. all day, yeah. which is fun. That's tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, fuck them, all of them. You know, nobody, I, I, I love what you're doing, Nick, and uh, tell them where to get it. Tell them to donate and where to get it, because I, I really want this thing to happen. Because this idea that we have with the kids, that's all I'm saying, it's got kids involved, is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it needs to get done. <laughs> I totally agree. The, so our website is means.media. Um, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash means TV, where we also have the original neon cat video from 11 years ago, um, courtesy Sarah June. And, uh, you can find us on Twitter at means underscore TV and we're fundraising until the end of May. Um, so we really appreciate any support, um, people can offer. Yeah. If you know any rich people, on, guys. Really appreciate if you know any rich people put, send them in Nick's direction, me about 500 grand. And uh, if any, and and the thing is, he's agreed that anything that goes over five hundred grand goes right to my pocket because he just said I need it more than everybody else. Hmm. So, 
Done. <laughs> Have a good night, Nick. Thank you for calling. Take care, guys. Thanks Bye. so much. See, see how you get a deal? That's how you get a business deal done. Oh, yeah, right? really? You Thanks. just spring it on them on the air. Thanks for schooling me. Hey, can I, before we go, the crickets did the trick it. Oh, yeah? I, I feel, feel revved up. I feel great. Now, You're I hopping. Been dehydrated, too. Yeah, that too. Right? So I, I took them like pills, handfuls of them, and just drank and put them down. I feel better now. I'm not dizzy yeah. anymore. I'm not weirded out. Well, so so we can take this little little moment here to say that like it is really challenging to do entertainment and how expensive it is. And I feel like we've been way more transparent in the past, but I didn't really mention when we did the show like our tickets went up to fifteen dollars in some places on the East Coast, and that is strictly because they are taking thirty to fifty percent of everything that we fucking make. I mean, that's strictly because that's the cost of like doing business in some of these older cities. I mean, it is ridiculous how little you get and the stuff that they put on the fucking invoice that, you know, as expenses. You well, know? and 15 bucks is also like, uh, there a lot of venues make us charge that. We oftentimes will say 10 and they're like, oh, well, we need to add a service charge that's like two to five dollars. And it's like, well, we wanted it to be 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ticket prices, I, I will I will say this. Ticket prices are always going to be as low as I can possibly keep them because that's sort of Brett is a business mind that understands how we understands how much money we need to make things move along, but I am I promise I'm a check. It's like a system of checks and balances because, you know, I would still be charging $5 and we would be unsuccessful and have to get a real job. But uh, Brett would never charge 20 Well, I mean, now I'm going to say we would never charge $25 yeah, don't for say tickets that. and then we're about to know. <laughs> but that, that's a whole different thing. It's a super show. Don't worry about it. That's later. We're, it's coming. We'll, we'll get it. We're going to do a big super tour. Right. I promise. Well, maybe promise. we got to figure it all out. Yeah, we're working on it. Thanks for spoiling that. Uh, let's go on to the next show. They, but, yeah, but you left. A, you didn't give them anything. You kind of revved them up. I'll never but. tell. I will never. I'm never going to announce this tour. Not even after it started. We got the Vegas poster artwork came in. Oh yeah, yeah. Dog Spunk. Dave Davenport came through again with some amazing artwork. I can't wait to get it out. It's coming soon. We're going to be uh, in the Southwest at Denver. the end of May. Denver at the High Dive. Albuquerque at the comedy, I think it's called the Comedy Vault, Phoenix at Rips, and Las Vegas at the Dive. We will be at all of those places. You don't know the dates? Okay. We'll I get them later in the, sh- later in the show. Yeah, I met, no, actually I can do Sunday, do it off the, top of your head. the 19th of May in Denver. Okay. Tuesday, the 21st of May in Albuquerque. Um, the 22nd of Wednesday in Phoenix. We're doing back-to-back? We are doing back-to-back. Woo! Okay. And then Vegas is on the 26th, so we have a little layoff there. Sure. Because we're going to Double or Nothing. Right. And we're going to shoot Uzis. Yeah. In Las Vegas. Right. So those are the dates. Clear your calendar. The Street Tickets. Fight Boys are coming to the red part of the co- Not red, like, politically. But, like, I think uh, of it as, like, red sand. The Mesa. The Mesa. Plateaus. The Mesa. You sound like uh, uh, Peggy tur- Hill. Turquoise. Um, <laughs> yeah, we want Strappy sandals. Yeah. Farache shoes. If you run a uh, 
power crystal business. Yeah, we, we want to get some. Swing through. I got this crippling depression that if you just gave me the right crystal, I would love to fucking just have that you instead of the depression. You know who sells crystals? Who? Marvin. Marvin's a crystal mm, person. Okay. Yeah, we can get Marvin. Get, Interesting. Get, get Marvin on the show and uh, talk about power crystals. Yeah, I think feel but like if this, I'm going to bring in like a basketball-sized geode in <clears throat> and just make people deal with that situation. And I think that that will throw them off balance enough that I'll feel comfortable and it'll probably like... Sitting on it. an airplane with a geode on your lap? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I feel uncomfortable without this. But he... But it what, soaks up all the bad energy. It's, I have a lot of bad energy. What Marvin told me was that, like, because I asked Marvin, like, so what crystal is for headaches? And what crystal is for insomnia? And Marvin listed like five different crystals and said they're all for protection. Mm. Like it's just protection. Uh, all the crystals are for protection. It's like, well, fuck, I don't need protection. I yeah, protect I need. Myself. I'll get a gun if I want protection. Like, what I, are they? You throw the crystal at somebody or stab I, them with the sharp part? Let me get serious. I have $6,000 right now available <laughs> to purchase the soul of any person contained inside of a glowing orb. <laughs> And it's cash, ready to go. Just show me the orb. Yeah, let's get an orb. Streetfightorb.com. Okay. Maybe we'll pick up some crystals in Sedona. Of course, and sell dude. Them on our I'm getting a motherfucking turquoise necklace, bro. You should. I need one. I'm gonna get. I need one. Necklace. I need something that's gonna just take me back to the dirt that I came from. I've grown too high. I'm like stuck yeah. up in the sky, too blessed, and now geo. I'm stressed. Yeah. You just need a fucking geode, man. Yeah, I need the, the rock to drag me back down to the ground. All right. Get a geode. Let's take some calls. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to right now? A skeleton? Oh. Ah, no. you're here. What's, What's up? It? Who's this? No, it's a bat. Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah, we're here. What's up? Oh, hey. Uh, that is me. I sorry. beeped like a while ago. I didn't realize it was me. Hey, this is Carter in L.A. What's up, Carter? Hey, How buddy. How's it going? Hey. I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're okay. I was, like, having a little rough time at the beginning of the show, but I feel a lot better after eating uh, 70 calories worth of crickets. <laughs> that is a very Brett Payne snack to have around, I feel like. Uh, I know it is. Cricket. It's, no. a, it's an elite level fuel. I mean, it's an elite level fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I came. I come over here with like jelly beans and shit like that, and then Brett's like, "You want some crickets?" Like, but they're Southwest taco. The motherfuckers taste like a Taco Bell. Like, the, it's it's not like yeah, really it's good. not fake ass Whole Foods like chintzy seasoning on this. These things are coated with like Doritos level shit. It's not even Doritos Hell level yeah. shit. It was. It tasted like they dumped. The old El Paso spice packet mm. onto a bunch of crickets. Mm. Yeah. Woo. But I mean, they're cricket. Like the whole time you're eating it, you're What was that? Sorry. The whole when time you're eating it, you're thinking it's crickets. We might. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, we might all just have to eat bugs eventually. Like, it might just get to the point where we can't sustainably eat meat. So, like, we might as well get used to eating bugs now, I feel like. But anytime I bring that up, people get mad at me. <laughs> It's, oh no, that's why I'm at. That's I'm at. That's why I'm there. That's why I'm like in the game. Yeah, it's kind of funky. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did you now? And but also the infi- the fiber count is incredible. Like which is a very important part of staying on this earth longer, <laughs> which means being a bigger drain on society for longer. Yeah, I know that socially. Yeah. I I know that the problem is like a social thing, right? Like where it's like. Yeah. 
I'm only unable to eat the cricket. I only feel weird about no, you housed the- them, dude. You fucking liked it. You fucking licked your lips like pills, though. Again, I said uh, I ate them like pills. I mean, that's like the highest honor ever. Pills are one of your favorite things to put handfuls of your ma- in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do love pills, but I don't usually eat food the same way I take pills. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's not a prime way to eat a tasty food. Okay. You should chew Just, your food. All right, go back to metaphor school. All right. I'm going to go. Please. And you talk to okay. Carter. Sure, sure. What's up? Yeah, so I wanted to call in because uh, I ran into a great Craigslist scam uh, this week, and I thought it was worth calling in about. Yeah, yeah. Um, How- I was trying to look for, yeah, yeah, I posted about it in a group, um, but I wanted to call about it as well because it was just, like, very layered and uh, elaborate. Um, so I was looking for a new apartment in L.A., and it is very expensive uh, to find anywhere to live. So I was trying to find a place, like, under $1,000 a month. Um, that could take cats. And I found like three or four different places on Craigslist. So I sent them all emails and just like waited to hear back. And this one guy gets back to me and he's got this place that he says is like fully furnished and it's like a 12 minute walk from my office. And I hear all that and I'm just like, that sounds too good to be true. But I also need to like check and see if maybe this is possible. Oh, for sure. Maybe this is legit. Yeah, yeah. I also had this story that was like, yeah, this guy also had the story that was, like, almost believable enough that I wanted to keep going along with it. Because he's like, well, I'm an engineer, and my company sent me out of the uh, state, but I want to hold on to this apartment. I just need somebody to rent it for me for a few years until I can move back. And, like, he also said something about, like, being from Mexico originally. And so, like, even though his grammar was kind of off and weird in the email, I was like, okay, well, it's just because, like, English is a second language. Um, and I just, like wanted so badly to believe that like he had this like dirt cheap place and like it was gonna save me like 200 bucks a month in rent and make it like super easy to just walk to work every day um yeah it's like the I, perfect like, drive by the place exactly and i like drove by the place and i see that like there's a like real estate company sign in the front of the building i'm like oh shit and it's some woman named like amy chang renting the place and i like look it up and sure enough, it's a condo that's going for, like, four grand a month or something like that. And I'm just like, well, okay, this is clearly a scam. Yeah. But I start going back and forth with the guy, and I'm like, do you have any proof that you own this place? And he, like, texted me a fake picture of a deed to the house. He had, like, a Photoshopped deed with, like, his fake name on there. And he, like, sent me an ID nice. that was, like, in the name of the guy he claimed to be and everything. Um and he had, like, he's, I was, like, uh, he had, like, at one point he sent me, like, a Photoshop thing that was, like, a gift receipt from, like, Amazon to show that he had, like, had something sent to his house at Amazon. Um, and, yeah, it was just, like, very elaborate. And then the thing that, like, really fucked me up was, like, all of the other places I had emailed from Craigslist, it ended up being the same scam. <laughs> of, like, people being, like, well, I'm out of town. I don't live in the state anymore. But I'm trying to rent this place out. If you want to come take a look at it, uh, you'll have to make a deposit before we can, like, send you the keys. That's... So, like, that was the real scam. Is they're trying to get you to make a deposit so it's before just... they even gave you the keys to look at the place. Yeah, it's just a, a hot... Craigslist LA is a hotbed for scammers and hustlers, basically. Are they doing oh, yeah. this remotely, yeah, do you absolutely. think? Are they even in LA? Or are they probably just... Oh, yeah. They are? I think no, Craigs... they got to be somewhere else. Because I, I looked up the guy's number, 
And it was like a Google Voice number registered to LA, but like you can register Ooh. that number from anywhere. Yeah, that is a fucking so Fugazi like, number. That I think Craigslist yeah, yeah. is. Oh shit! Sorry, guys. I think Craigslist watching is the stories a, in the middle. Of I was not. Show. I was trying to look at Craigslist. I think Craigslist <laughs> is basically all scams now. I don't. I, I mean, well, the like, like all the serious non-scammers that are trying to sell their junk and stuff. They're on Facebook Marketplace You're right. now. I, You're I really right. think Craigslist yeah. is just basically all of the like serious people that are trying to sell things went to Facebook, and Craigslist is just a wasteland of scammers. It's cretins and like yeah. really fucking weird people. They're like, I don't want nobody to have my information, you know, yeah. those type of people. Yeah, yeah. No. The thing is, is, like a few years ago, I found an apartment. Well, we found an apartment through Craigslist. So I was like, maybe it's still legit, and maybe I can find a good deal still. But absolutely not. I mean, um, Carter, yeah, just, when I was looking for a job, I was like, basically, when I was looking for a job to sustain me from the time I got out of college till the time Street Fight became profitable, I used Craigslist exclusively. And there were fucking jobs that required a deposit on there. And it was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just like Craigslist is, I found that Craigslist is like a wasteland. And the only people it's good for is bosses that want to hire people for eight fifty dollars an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's for like yeah. super, yeah. they're like, exactly. they're like, I mean, also the jobs on Craigslist are also a fucking scam. I know. In the same way, it's like they're trapping yeah. somebody into like, falling into their meat grinder for a few fucking months and then getting spit out the other side. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and like, I've never, Absolutely. I've never found an apartment on there. And one of the main issues in Columbus is like, so in a day, probably 20 apartments go up for sale on Craigslist under uh, the neighborhood I live in, which is where I, I look in Columbus and maybe 20 ads go up a day and like 18 of them are the same apartment complex. <laughs> like it's yeah. just such a, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I like, I have found, and I don't know how this works in LA, but I have found in the past that the best way to find an apartment is to find like a web page for the neighborhood that you're trying to live in that sells the apartments. Because like, I found my place. First of all, I found my place just driving around and I saw the sign and I called okay. and like got really lucky. But like my my apartments after that in Columbus, there's a site called Metro Rentals and it's only for apartments within the downtown area and the neighborhoods adjacent to like downtown uh, yeah. where you want to live in the urban areas and in cool parts of town. And that's how I found like all my apartments up until I got this one, which I've been in for like almost 10 years, but I, I never sure, looked at sure. Craigslist and I never really looked at the one ads because like, it just feels like so much of that stuff is like, making you jump through weird hoops it's making you like right like uh, someone will have like background checks and you're like which i understand i guess in yeah. a way but it's like damn man you gotta like why you gotta go through all my stuff to get here and i know a lot of like people who own one or two apartments and uh right that is like no, that was how, that was my, that was the first place I lived in in LA. It was like this guy owns like two buildings, and he was just like a terrible landlord. Oh, and, the like, worst. Yeah. Anybody uh, that owns yeah, less than yeah, fifty apartments 
Anybody that owns less than 50 apartments is probably bad at landlording. I'm not, yeah. I'm not like sticking up for like the petite bourgeoisie or whatever like that. But like, I have never had a good landlord that only owned a few apartments. Man, I, I can't believe I made it through like that. We've moved like me and my wife have just like, we are both super like give up people like just paperwork at a certain point. I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. I'll live in the fucking car. <laughs> like I'm not going right. to do, I'm not going to listen. Right. I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to sit in this office anymore. Any of that. So me and my wife like drag each other across the fucking line, but it is like so gruesome to go through that. It's like oh, switching yeah. fucking. Is places. it worse? Do you, uh, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll let Carter answer first. Uh, do you think it's worse than buying a car? Are better than buying like getting an apartment, moving and getting a new apartment. Worse or better than buying a car? The last car I bought was on Facebook Marketplace, and it was actually super easy and like not a big deal. And that's what I'm gonna do from now on. This is a sponsored <laughs> content. Like, so straightforward. But yeah. dude, that's where yeah, that's where the place. serious sellers are, dude. If you're a listener to this show exactly. and you're looking for the serious sell, listen. If you're looking for fucking normie shit if you're looking for like normal people apartments if you're looking for normal people sales if you're looking for uh normal people recipes then there's only two places to go normal people sell things on facebook marketplace normal people post recipes on pinterest the only two places you can get this information is those two places because that's the only two places normal people are no, Facebook is great. I mean, everybody on there is like trying to sell. They're like, come to the house, put it in the fucking mailbox. I'm going to leave it on the front porch. You right. Know? And they'll be selling like, yeah, yeah. I see people all the time just selling like, I got fucking 25 uh, <laughs> bottles of laundry detergent. I'll sell you for $3 a piece. And it's like, well, that shit, that's a good deal. Yeah, buy a truck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like the Facebook marketplace yeah, has yeah, turned into such a weird like, there's so many weird things for sale on there. Like, in Ohio, a lot of times, people will be trying to get, like, real high-dollar money for hats signed by the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people that, like, got a signed bobblehead in some Kroger fucking, you know, weekend. Like, you have to spend $200 this oh, weekend. Yeah, that's just- you get a Kirk Herb Street like bobblehead that has his signature on it. And then they'll charge five hundred exactly. they'll try to charge five hundred dollars for it on yeah. Facebook Marketplace. And oh, yeah. like, that thing is not worth twenty five dollars. Yeah. So yeah, you can just hold out until somebody does pay that and then otherwise it's just junk in your house, so it doesn't really hurt you either way. Right. Yeah, when yeah, I w- so it's like a perfect thing. You yeah, hear- I, I think the best thing to do, honestly, is to put price tags on everything you own so that, like, when people are in your house, <laughs> if they're interested, and, like, if they'll pay the price, you're like, fucking go with it. Go, get it out. Get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Uh, you got cash? I'm ready to. We're wheeling and dealing. You- oh, Venmo, even better. Yeah, I'll scan your fucking code right yeah. now. I got to tell you all this story real quick. So when me and Brett <laughs> were out of town, my wife, my sister-in-law called my wife and was like, hey. I just bought this table on Craigslist. Can you run and go pick the, I just bought this table for $4. It's in your neighborhood and she lives like an hour away. Can you run and pick this table up? It was $4. So my wife was like, yeah, I'll fucking go pick up the table. I'll pay the $4. I get the table. I'll take it home. She gets to the house and the table wasn't for sale. It was like a whole bunch of stuff that was sitting on the table. Nice, <laughs> nice. And she just got a car full of like fake plants. And like she had to take it. When she got there, the lady was like, 
Don't you need a tote bag or any kind of bag to carry this in? And she's like, a table? And she's like, no, she didn't buy a table. She bought all the stuff on the table. (laughs) (laughs) It was all fucking trash, dude. Every bit of it. And it was, my entire fucking car was full of stuff. Uh, And it was just somebody that got $4 for their trash, which is incredible to me. Yeah, it's true. It's better than zero. Yeah. Four dollars, you go throw this away for me. Yeah, that's a great grift. Yeah, well, it's just, it's such a funny yeah. thing to think you're buying, like you're trying to buy one thing, but it was just a bunch of trash that you were actually buying. Yeah. yeah. Well, Carter, I hope you totally, find an apartment, totally. and uh, yeah, for sure, I'll figure it out. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I'm to say I'm the same way. I'm going to say I gave all money. Uh, yeah, I gave her money to Means TV was the other thing I was going to add. Okay. Oh, tight, uh, yeah. After Nick called in, I finally did it. Um, after this thing and everything, I've been wanting to for a long time, and I really hope it takes off. Yeah, me too. I do too. Yeah, and I'm also yeah. the same way. I, I do hold out. Happen. I hold out hope. I'm like, there's some fucking sucker out here that's like getting taken exactly. advantage of for the fucking rent on his like million dollar apartment. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy that gets that fucking deal, right? You know, as long as I bark up the right tree. Yeah, I want it to be me. I mean, I got real hooked up. My apartment is not as 1,035 a month for three bedrooms and a basement in a neighborhood that it shouldn't be that much. So you can always find something. You just have to be willing. You're talking about Los Angeles, motherfucker. No, but I'm saying you have to, well, their prices there. Uh, Obviously the cheap equivalent of what I pay there yes yeah, and like, you have to just for sure you you really just have to like drive her and you also got to move into a real stinker that's in a nice neighborhood like you move into a house where the air conditioner is too small for the house and fucking hot water heater only gets like one shower a yeah. day <laughs> all right yeah. well thanks for calling thanks in for man calling we appreciate it. have a good one let's have get good one. Let's see who's on the line here. We got people are chomping at the bit. Today. I am looking at apartments on Craigslist right now and in LA. No, in in Columbus. Oh, there's one that says fully furnished studio apartment for rent, two hundred dollars. Okay, just don't think that's real at all. No, that sounds. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that would be comfortable. Let's see. Oh yeah, here it is, dude. Need a home? Need a home fast? Need a fully furnished, cute home to enjoy immediately without the hustle and bustle for moving furniture? Pay me two hundred dollars and I'll do it. Don't have time to shop around? Have some glitches in the credit? Oh, this is see. That's what Carter's talking about. No, they had um, they had like I'm leaving town and I and I have this really sweet place that I just want five hundred dollars a month for. Yeah, that would be nice. Let's see. Thanks for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, perfectly, actually. Oh, great. That's, uh, that's awesome. So, uh, my name's Mark. Um, I'm great to call in. I actually am, uh, uh, I met you guys last week. I met Brett last week at Ben Brooklyn or whatever it was a couple weeks ago. But I wanted to call in because I thought I had a uh, kind of a funny uh, stealing from work story that uh, and actually, in, in a way, involves a friend of yours uh, out, out your way. Okay. So, uh, it's... Uh, so if I can get it, so uh, when I was uh, 17, this is going back to 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, I was working at a drive through beer store in upstate New York. And so it was like people would drive through the, uh, the canopy, and we would load up their cars with cases of beer. And we figured out, we're all 17, 18, we had no way to get booze. So we figured out that if we, like, the, the big garbage box they had in the, the main room, 
if we threw a couple cases of beer in there when we took the garbage out, we could just leave them behind the dumpster and we could go out there and just leave like several cases every time we worked the shift. And then after we left, we would just drive around back, pick them up and we'd go. So we would, we were like always the guys with the booze. And so we were always stealing the beer and no one ever said a word to us. And we just had, we had it down to like a science. Every time we were working, we were throwing six packs, we're throwing cases in there and no one was ever doing anything. So, um, so we did this for a while and uh, it was like the way that me and all my friends drank for a while was just having this like stolen cheap beer that we got from the store. But then, um, unfortunately one point, so I come out, I'm out with my friends, I get home, we ended up breaking up things a little early. My friend drops me off, I still got half a 12 pack in my hand because, you know, beer at that point was still pretty precious for us. I didn't want to just leave it somewhere. At the same point, my friends are dropping me off. My mom pulls in the driveway and I'm carrying this beer. I'm totally hammered. I'm 17 years old. She, like, they interrogate for me for a while. And eventually it comes out that I had stolen this beer and that was even worse. But... They were friends with the guys who owned the business. Oh, no. Oh, no, mom and dad. Don't do this yeah. to your baby boy. So, so, they were, so they were really upset, but they were, like, they were friends with this guy. So they were like, okay, well, we don't want you to lose your job. We don't want these guys to know because, you know, they're friends of ours and all this stuff. So you have to do, like, volunteer stuff to make up for it. So <sighs> uh, they're like, you have to figure out how many service hours are you going to do. So what they ended up signing me up for was I had to do a, uh, I had to work at a telethon for kids escaping drugs. I had to go to this local telethon and work and like move stuff around and like help people out at this thing. And they're like, you have to volunteer to help other kids who are like doing drugs and stuff and getting clean because you were stealing beer and drinking underage. Wow. Which, you know, is not really a, it's not a bad punishment. So then at one point, I was just, like, running stuff around. At one point, they're like, we need people on the phones. We need to get people on there. And they're like, you're a volunteer. Get on there. So I got on TV. And this, so this is going back to 2001. And the reason I mentioned that it was actually, like, uh, someone that you know, I had gotten really into Drew Toothpaste. This was before he was into He had even had Toothpaste for dinner. And he just had this website that was, like, drew.corrupt.net. He just used to write stuff. And I used to love his website. So what I did is I was on TV and I took a marker that I had in my pocket and I wrote his business URL of his website. And every time the camera would pan over to me, like a host would be like, you need to donate to get these kids off drugs or anything. I would hold up the sign like for his website so that people would see it. I don't know why I did that. That's awesome. A really funny thing to do. You know, you yeah, know so I hold it up and. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, and I, so I was holding it up, and I actually emailed Drew about it. The, he had the email on his website for a while and everything like that, and so that was, and I was calling all my friends, and so I realized that the phone that I had to work at, they're like, they're supposed to be there for people that you can actually make out calls, so I was dialing all my friends, calling them all, like, they're on Channel 2, man. I'm on the telethon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. This, this is like the best punishment ever. Yeah. Just fucking wreaking havoc on a dumb telethon. <laughs> yeah, and promoting Drew's old website. So then, of course, because it wasn't a punishment, we kept stealing. Because, like, you know, we had no other, there was no other way to get booze because we were 17. And there was, there was no other way to get it. We didn't have anyone to get it for us. So then 
of course, because I was stupid, I got caught again. Uh, and uh, they, figured it, they figured it out. So they're like, you have to go confess. You have to go tell your boss that you were stealing from him. Yikes. Yeah. So I had to go in there, and I had to sit in their office. And there was like a small, it's a small business. There was two brothers who owned it. It was a pretty small place. Really wasn't that big. And I had to go sit down, you know, 17. I'm like, yeah, I've been stealing from you for the last, like, of course, we said, oh, it was a couple cases here and there. Sure. Instead of it being like this large-scale fraud that we had going on for months and months. Yeah, you have to, so you have to, to, go to in use, there and I use just, the thief's code on that one. It wasn't that much. You didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. It was just, you know, every now and then, we just took a six-pack here and there. That's all it was, you know? So, yeah, so that was my that was my story of just, you know, stealing from work for months and months. But, I mean, it was a great scam. I mean, if you just what did they, what did they the do to you? I'm back. What did they do to you? Uh, actually, nothing. Nothing. They, they, they didn't. They because I was young. They kind of let me go. They told us we we're like we're gonna have to we're gonna dock your paychecks over the next few months or whatever. And you know they sort of did that. But we were making. I mean, at the time, this was you know going back to two thousand one. We were making minimum just about minimum wage, which at that time I think was like five thirty an hour. Right. So we're. It was warehouse work, basically stacking cases and filling up trucks and everything like that. Uh, for nothing, so I don't really feel too bad about it, but uh, I ended up getting fired a year later because I refused to shave my beard, and he didn't, the one boss didn't like the way it looked. He's like, you look like an idiot with your beard, and that was what got me fired. <laughs> God damn. Was, wow. Right. Well, he deserved to have all that beard, st- yeah. beard stolen from him. Sounds, wanna- sounds like pretty good. That sounds like an even in the ledger books. Yeah. You you, you know what I... I uh, yeah. Back when I was a teen, when, when I was like 19 and 20, me and my idiot friends used to go sit on my friend's waterbed and smoke bongs out of this, like, uh, out of this, like, Goldschlager bong that we made. And yeah. anytime there was a telethon on TV, we would turn it on and it wait, like, call it up and it wait till they show the people on the phones and then scream into the phone really loud and see if we can see the person react to it. On- <laughs> Watch them, like, go, ah! Like, pull the fucking headset away from their head real quick. Yeah, we thought Jesus. it was fucking hilarious. Did it work? It did. Yeah, it works. You just, go, you just scream into it? Yeah. Well, yeah, we would just scream into it. I mean, probably, oh my God. Hey, you motherfucker! Or something like yeah. that. But, like, yeah, you like, scream. Yo! Because if you say something, they're not going to, like, move. Right. So you actually have to be really loud. Right, right. So yep. that when you get, when they get it, they have to take the phone away. And you're like, that's who got me that time. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I love it. Good times. Good times. Wreaking havoc on telephone. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for calling in. We appreciate yeah, on it. Telephone, I was, yeah, of course. Hey, and I'm, a, I'm one of your Discord moderators. I'm Nilbog over there. Oh, cool. So, uh, everyone should, uh, yeah, everyone should come by and talk to us. We're in the very, uh, you know, what I got to say, just, you know, before I go here, that uh, recently I was in need, uh, and one of the other uh, guys in, in the Discord was uh, really able to help me out and hook me up. So it's a great community. Uh, the whole Street Fight community, I really appreciate it. And uh, just, uh, you know, really, really happy to be, be a part of it and, and, you know, everything you guys are doing. Hey, thank you. That's I'm great. glad you're a part of it. Yeah, I feel like I should drink to that. Yeah, you should drink to that. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Neil Bog. And uh, that was a good ass story. That was fucking yeah. That was perfect. Like that was he got punished. He got punished by having like the best fucking time horsing around on a telethon. Just like that. Adults are so stupid because they will unleash bad teens on yeah. You should. 
I mean, I don't want to say this out loud. If you're punishing a teen, you should put them in a room and make them be yeah. quiet alone. You should put a cage. You should put something with a lock on the door. Yeah. They're, like, punishing them by making them, like... you. They think they're like, he knows better Yeah, this time. Well, he, they think he knows he's in trouble. Right. Oh, right. he knows he's in trouble. They ain't gonna it's fuck like, around. No, uh, I'm just gonna do whatever is fucking fun. It's like, yeah. no, I'm dumb as shit. Like, yeah, I'm wanna... actually, like, really dumb, and I only do what makes me feel good at all times. Yeah. If you're not going to cut my hand off, I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see who's on the line here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who am I talking to tonight? Oh. Uh, Subcommandante Stavros. What's up, Subcommandante Stavros? Just playing, playing some Stardew Valley, listening to you guys, having a good time. Okay. Well, uh, what's yeah, your, I, what's up tonight? Um, uh, nothing. I was planning to call in and talk about my new job, but then when I called in, I heard uh, I think it was uh, Brett talking about Valley Uprising. And Did I, I mention uh, that I, on the air? On uh, like when you guys when people were waiting on hold. Yeah, they can hear us talking when people are waiting on hold, and you were talking about it on our way out the door. Oh, I didn't know people weren't listening to that. I mean, well, it wasn't a big deal. Sure. It's fine. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and and I love that movie. And uh, I actually saw it when it premiered, and it was one of the awkwardest dates I've ever had. Really, you went on a date to uh, so Valley Uprising. When I was telling to Brian, is like it's the history of the Yosemite Mountain and the people that started climbing it, and it's incredible because like back in the '60s, the two people that like were competing to be the first people to climb this thing was this really straight laced, button up guy like named Robin Royal versus this other dude that was named Warren Harding. He was literally named after the president and he was this like unwashed pampered. Like his mom just like let him live at the house. He was drunk all the fucking time. He would climb the mountains like super fucking wasted. And like these, these two guys were competing for the mountains. And then later like an airplane full of weed crashed on the mountain and all the people climbed up it and, it's a really good documentary. Me and my wife said it's like uh, King of Kong level good. Ah. Like it is one of those ones that anybody can watch it. You don't have to know shit about climbing and you will just immediately be into it. Okay. And especially for street fight people, they mentioned that like at the very beginning, they used the term dirtbag so many times. They're like, we were a bunch of fucking dirtbags. It was camp four. We lived at the bottom of the mountain. We climbed it all day and we like did drugs and fucked at the bottom of it at night. Like we didn't have anything to fucking, we didn't have anything to eat, you know, but we just wanted to climb, you know, yeah. it's a really fucking good documentary. Sorry. What were you saying about it? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, but I saw it when it premiered. And uh, at the time, I was dating this girl who's, uh, I was into rock climbing, and, you know, I met her at the climbing gym, and we went to the same high school, and, um, but it was right before I was leaving for college, and so I knew that I was going to break up with her, and so I just spent this really, really anxiety-inducing evening, like, watching these people do crazy things at really tights on, like, tiny pieces of iron, while also being like, I gotta break up with her, like, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you you gotta draw some strength from these rock climbers, dude. Right? Yeah. Did yeah, it? So it just involved me sitting for like two hours next to her, being like, "This is the worst. I feel so much stress." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. It's hard to it. What? It sounds different. Sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I don't think it sounds different. Okay. Maybe, it's Maybe I got too close. You, I got too loose. You got too close to the sun. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this movie now. I feel like it's I gotta good. watch the damn movie. 
But uh, I feel mm. like I would be inspired to break up with somebody after watching people, people climb that mountain. Yeah. Like, I could do yeah, it. Yeah, it is a really good movie. But yeah. That's just my little... It was it was funny hearing that because, you know, a lot of people talk about, about that uh, documentary. Yeah. No, I've never heard it. I've, I've never heard of it. What's it on? It's on Netflix right now. Okay. Um, it, is it still? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I just watched a movie called Billboard Boys that was a documentary about these guys that lived... They So they did this radio call, this radio contest, right? In, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And they were like, whoever stays up on this billboard the longest gets a house. Ooh, I love that stuff. So these three motherfuckers went up there. Radio station was like, it probably lasts like five days. They're like 90 days into this fucking oh, thing now. No. I think it went and, and like... The dudes then, by the end, decide to band together and be like, you should give us all a fucking house. You oh, know what I, I mean? love it. <laughs> it was very good. The I'm radio sold. station's, like, trying to, the radio station's, like, downplaying it and, like, trying to get it to end and go away. Yeah, they're, like, the shooting people with darts. the media keeps covering it. The, the press keeps covering it. Yeah, this and, is like, amazing. And, it bigger. Yeah. And it was, it, it's incredible. Like, these dudes, like, lived up on a, like, for almost a year. I believe it was, like, nine months or something they lived on a bill. I would do it, too. See, I I mean, come on. And at this point, there needs to be... We need to get rid of all the regulation, all of the fluff, all of the gatekeepers, all of the money holders. Give them all a damn house. Give them a round of applause. They lived on top of a billboard, folks. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. What, what, what do we... What do we... What are we the doing here if we're not rewarding people for living on a billboard for nine fu- months? The fucking police framed one of them for selling weed off of oh, the billboard, no. dude. Yeah. It's oh, wild, no. dude. It is a wild little documentary. Billboard Boys. Check that one out, too. Damn, how dumb would you have to be to sell weed off of a billboard? He wasn't selling weed, so like, he brought his own weed up like, there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he brought his own weed up there, and this cop was like, uh, hey, can can you sell me a 20 sack? And the guy is like, no, but I can probably get a hold of somebody that would fucking mm-hmm. sell you a 20 sack. And what the cop's this? like, ah, but I want it from you. So he's like... Uh, but I don't want to give it to you. And the guy's like, but I really want it from you. So he, like, put it in a little... He threw it down to him. And as oh, soon he could go to jail. He deserves to be in jail then. I mean... He should be in jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, please. He was cool as if, shit. If you give weed to a cop, go to jail. He, it forever. wasn't a cop. He didn't know it was a cop. The guy was, like, fucking undercover, and he kept hanging oh, out at man. the bottom of the billboard well, that's every true. night. Never mind. He was following the ancient doctrine of a friend in need is a friend indeed. Yeah. He was hanging out in the fucking... He, this cop was hanging out under the billboard every night, like, haranguing this guy to give him weed. But, like, wearing, like, a poncho and, like... Well, like, uh, wearing regular people shit, not cop stuff. He wasn't wearing, like, a uniform. Oh, he didn't I thought you were saying. He's, like, undercover. And he would came there with a bunch of guys, and they would hang out. Because people would hang out under the billboard and shit. They'd be like, hey, we're hanging out under the billboard checking out these guys. <laughs> this is a movie? Yeah, it's a docu-fucking-mentary with actual footage of it happening. Oh and they interviewed the guys that were on top of the damn billboard, and they're like, sucked up there. Wasn't very good. We was up there for, like, nine months. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's probably a good vacation, though. I mean, it's better than regular life. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them got it's a better house. better than doing the fucking dishes, right? There's no dishes up there. <laughs> one of them got a double-wide trailer and still lives in it to this day. Oh, I would take a double-wide. I'd split I'd it. If, like, all three of us split a fucking trailer? Fuck yeah. I would take a double-wide, too, by the way. If somebody was like, you can have a double-wide trailer for free, I would take that in yeah. one second. Consolation prize. Yeah. Whatever, I wouldn't even, whatever like, call it. I would take that now if, like, because it just seems like, Having your rent, having to never have to pay rent again. Yeah. 
is a dream. Freedom. Yeah. Well, well, do you do you own the? Would you own the land underneath? Your, no, uh, hell no. Nobody loaned, nobody loans owns any land in this fucked up place. I agree. Yeah, nobody owns any land. They can just take it away from you anytime. You gotta pay taxes on it. Yeah. You got the taxes on it, and the government can just be like, "We're gonna, we want to build a freeway. We want to build an exit ramp to get to this Walmart easier." And uh, that's what they can do. It does sound a little, ah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, fuzzy, fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it sounds that way on the other side though, because if it just sounds that way on this side, nobody's complaining. I didn't I bring care. it up because no one's complaining. Well, maybe you guys sound clear. Okay, okay, good, good, good. On my end. All right, yeah, but right I'm really on. excited to see you guys in Denver. Yeah. Um, I'll bring you some, bring you some weed. Thank you. Thank you. Need I'm excited weed, when you guys play. I just can, you know, the problem, you know, the problem with weed is that there's just never enough. <laughs> I mean, there's just, <laughs> it runs out so quickly. It's, it's just terrible. Uh, it keeps me up at night thinking about the people that are going without weed tonight. Uh, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to be a downer. And I'm going to send you guys some uh, food recommendations for when you go to Albuquerque. Hell yeah. Hell okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, not on the Twitter for that. They do. So thanks for talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling. I think uh, so. They. I. Who? I think uh, Phoenix is Phoenix the one that does Hatch Chilies. I don't think we're gonna be out. That's there Albuquerque. For, is that Albuquerque yeah. that does Hatch? The Hatch Chilies I fucking like. You know, it's not a hot pepper, but it's a flavorful pepper, like the poblano, which uh, I also don't mind. So it's enjoyable. I like yeah, it. Yeah, they're fucking on point, especially when you get them all blistery, like blackened and shit. Mm. Fuck yeah. Also, uh, well, let's see. We got a whole, we got a whole queue full of people. Let's see what we can get into here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is uh, Rob in Los Angeles. Uh, I called in a few months ago about the uh, Walmart parking lot and the uh, campfire. Ah, I remember that. What's going on this time? Yeah, yeah, I met the guy. So, I was up there fairly recently, um, like in the last week. I thought I'd, you know, kind of take a tour through and see what was all happening. Like, oh, let's see what the rebuilding is like. It's really not. Um, it's, uh, it's a wild scene up there because that town is like, it's so gone. And there's buildings remaining, but it's like, it almost seems sort of random sometimes. Uh, yeah, what are they building? What are they rebuilding? Well, I mean, there's there's so much destroyed, and this is the first time I've seen it, but they're basically at this point, it looks like what they're trying to do is get all the hazardous uh, waste and all that stuff like out of the land. Like, I saw so many just uh, lots that were full of rubble and had a little, like, you know, signs kind of pounded in with... It just said, like, you know, hazardous uh, material removal complete. That was it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they've been like that since November. Oh, yeah, they can put a Kidoba there now. Yeah, that's what usually happens (laughs) when a disaster like that happens. They come back and build condos. Well, I've been saying, like, I think it's just going to turn into the villages up there. Um, It's going to be, like, weird, gated uh, retirement communities. Yeah, just, just, really uh, pretty retirement heavy. Yeah, yeah, I can see him doing that. I, I, I think that any place that's beautiful that is hit by a, uh, or like cool that's hit by a, uh, 
some kind of a natural disaster. Like even like New Orleans is a cool place. So it got hit by Katrina, and then they they basically like they cut down the amount of apartments. There like there's less places for low income people to live, and there's just less places. So the so the rent goes up anyway for the people that are still there. And it'll probably be the same for a lot of these wildfire places where they just aren't going to build the same amount of homes there, and the rent's going to go up, and and things are going to change. Yeah. I mean, I, I went back to the, uh, the, well, not really the house anymore, but the, you know, address I lived at in the 90s up there, and it was fucking surreal seeing this, like, oh, hey, there's the deck my dad put in, except now it's ashes. Um, but, like, there was one person I talked to who was still on the street, and, like, she was talking about how, like, her house, like, didn't get hit at all, like, her, her late husband's, uh, whatever it was, like, 70-something Land Cruiser, like, survived. Just like, holy shit, like, it, it almost seems like this is random thing where it's like, eh, not that house. Yeah. And she's just the only one left on the street. Yeah, a lot of that stuff happens. There's always, like, little random things that happen when, when there's one of these disasters where some places will be left and some places will be hit. Well, thanks for calling in yeah. uh, and, and keeping us, keeping yeah, us up to date on what's going on there. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a wild time uh, in uh, Paradise, California. So, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Two California calls tonight, Brett Payne. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're uh, getting into it early. Yeah, it's dinner. They just finished that fucking dinner out there. Oh, lucky. Oh yeah, that post dinner haze. Yeah, just feeling like talking to anybody on the phone. Like you just call up a podcast and fucking shoot <laughs> the shit. Yeah. Do you want to take your break now, or do you want to take one more call? We do one more call and then we do a break. Because my pee pee, my balls are full of pee again. Yeah. I know. I'm drinking a lot because I thought I was, you know, dying. Well, I uh, put a rubber band over there that you could put around. You your want me bed. to put a rubber band around my balls? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. That'll stop everything up until you're ready to go. <laughs> like when you're a kid and you hold on to it real yeah, tight, just, you're just like, I'm just holding. I'm holding it. It's you told still, me to hold it. It's really funny though when you go pee with your buddies and then you hear them doing like the. <laughs> chip, chip, just like stopping it and like the stop and start. Oh, it's a funny way to pee. Yeah, it I'll is. do. It. I'm gonna do some pee tricks for you next time we're out of town. I don't. I promise. Hear your pee tricks. Next time you hear me pee, you're gonna be fucking amazed at the sounds. Yeah, some cool sounds. Yeah, yeah. I can All make right. it happen. All right. All right. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Hey, what's up? Hello. Yeah. How's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can totally hear you. Oh shit. Hey, Brett, Brian, I'm a long-time listener. No. Uh, I'm with FMB. I called in primarily to thank Brett for going to Food Not Bombs. I really appreciate it. It's a great org. They turned me from a baby leftist into a uh, red-blooded revolutionary. Yeah, they're doing um, um, they're doing produce giveaways once a week now. Like they've really ramped it up. Like uh, the new management <laughs> or the new people in, that are doing all the logistics in the Columbus one are uh, getting a lot of fucking food distributed. Oh wow! I, yeah, I've been following you guys. Are doing some great shit. Um, if you're ever in DC, stop by. We have our own little operation. Go to any listeners that are not bombs. I think we're doing. We'll be in DC um, later at the end of the summer. So yeah. Plan. That, the, right yeah, at July, that. the um, end of July, actually, we'll be in D.C. 
Sick. Nice. I'll start purchasing chains together. Sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to call in to just, uh, well, like, I'm Palestinian, all right? And, like, since the Soviet Union collapsed, Palestinian got many friends around him. Like, North Korea is the one training Palestinians nowadays. So, really the only way Palestine is going to get free is if America, if America gets all revolutionary. Yeah. And, um, that's why I do all my work. That's why I go to Food Not Bombs. Kind of build a movement here in the U.S., you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, we just got to get shit moving here. That way, third world, Palestine, they can get free. Because, like, Israel's going pretty weak and strong on, like, Palestinian territory. And, like, if we just wait for global warming to hit and, like, collapse to happen so we can make our revolutionary strikes and that kind of thing, like, there's not going to be a Palestine left. So, like... There's not going to be much of anything left. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I've uh, I, I've taken I've actually, I've taken a less on like my Facebook the political stuff. I've I've like have stopped like just talking about like whatever the the thing of the day is, and uh, I've you know made a point to try to mention to the people that like put all of their eggs into the Mueller report basket. Like when these things fail, is to say like, all right, that thing's not working. You put all your time into that. Are you going to now, are you willing to now uh, devote the time you were spending on this Mueller report and put it into being in the streets or joining up with these organizations that are already out here taking care of the problems that you claim to care about, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's why I love you guys. Cause you guys are so accessible to, like, your average American working population. Like, you don't know anything about politics, like, you can still enjoy street fight and get the methods and you can learn about things that let's get active and, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a great program you guys got running here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Free Palestine, up the street fight, up For the sure. RA. Hell yeah. Um, hit up food not bombs in your area. You're right, though. You're, you're, you're Ryan, right. Put those rubber bands away. You can pee. Thank uh, you. It's time to pee, baby. You're absolutely right, though, and and I mentioned this uh, in the history zine that's coming out very soon, but like uh, I read a Noam Chomsky book, Hegemony or Survival, and uh, he broke down very explicitly, like, the, the conflict between Palestine and Israel. And that was, like, an early moment for me that just, like, cr- was, like, cracked everything. You know, it was just so blatantly obvious uh, that our support and the continuation of the system that keeps this in place is objectively wrong. You know, I, that was, like, it, it, was, it was very, it's very closely con- connected. And uh, so... Um, I'm glad you called in and yeah, actually, you know, if I can, if I can do one more thing. Um, like, I don't know. My dad got like tortured by the IDF at one point, but like nothing grinds my gears more than telling somebody I'm Palestinian. And then they go, you know what? I hate Jews too. And I'm like, whoa, hold up, buddy. So like all these struggles we got, they're all fucking connected. We got to combat anti-Semitism just like we got to combat Islamophobia and all that kind of shit. I'm sure no street fighters fall into that. But, like, you know, call shit out when you see it. Try to get people woke. Like, regular people are going to be the ones like, pushing shit forward. Like, we can't just have a vanguard. You know, we can't yeah. get the everyday folks on it. Yeah. And, and, you know, for Brian and I, like, we, you know, we can't speak we can't speak about what it's like to, to be in that position or to know what it's like, but we'd, we'd like to create a space. Uh, I the same. You yeah. guys got it pretty good. Well, but we create a space where people can hang out and understand and learn and share that kind of stuff and kind of just be with it immediately. So, 
Uh, I'm glad you're listening and enjoying the show, and thanks for calling in. we got to get this uh, PP break going, though. Get my PP out yeah, of right. my balls. Uh, good to send uh, Free Palestine. Now, free Palestine. Peace. I'm with you. I, I like that. You going to play this music? Yeah. So you can send music if you want music to play. And let me tell you, to be honest, where I'm at right now, I need a fucking band camp. I need a website that you, I can just play and 15 minutes of music will play reliably. And so this person sent their music in. I, I liked it. They're called the Chin Cheese. And they're here? Out of Portland, Oregon. C-H-I-N-C-H-E-E-S. You can find them uh, at dirtcaltrecords.bandcamp.com. They have the Chin Cheese. Ah, He's he's not plugged into the fucking stream or whatever.
Hey, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying the call-in so far. You can, as always, watch what we do. Go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to YouTube. Every single Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Wednesday around 10 or 11. Check our social media. We're going live. We're doing the show. There's a chat that's going on that's always a lot of fun. The people in there are the best. And I, I love seeing the community that's building around the show and all the people they're doing a lot of cool shit. They're talking about food, not bombs in there right now, which I'm excited about. And, uh, you know, fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Big, bigger than I ever thought. And, you know, I, uh, I, I, just because they mentioned, uh, in the, in the chat here, they were mentioned some trans rights issues. And I, I said this on the podcast, you should definitely go listen to our appearance on there because you get a lot of exclusive stuff you won't find anywhere else. Same with Pod Damn America. But I, w- I explained on Antifada that, like, uh, getting into this from the very beginning, like, finding anarchy and, and going into these social circles on uh, social media and all that stuff, you know, trans comrades and queer comrades were, like, there from the beginning. They knew what it was like to be oppressed by the state. It was very easily for, for them to jump on board. So, uh, you know, thanks for coming out to the shows and supporting what we do. I don't want to always be, like, performative about it, but it is, like, amazing you know, the community that we have here and the the acceptance that we have, you know? It does kick ass. It makes me feel like we built something that people, that everybody feels like they can be a part of. And yeah. that's important. It's me. a party. I always want, we always want it to be fun and a good time and having fucking fun. It doesn't have to always be like, a, you know, clapping for how how right we are with what we believe and stuff, you know? It can be letting loose. I, yeah, I like that. I right. like not clapping. <laughs> Claptivism is what they call it. Let's see who's on the phone here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. We got a few to go, but we're going to get these taken care of. Thanks for calling. Who are we talking to? Hello. Howdy. How you guys doing? This is Steven from Colorado calling in. Hey, what's going on, Steven? How are you tonight? Oh, not much. Um, you know, first time in a long time and all that. Um, just thought I'd call in and say hey to you guys. Just wanted to, you know, welcome you home after your long East Coast tour. You guys had a lot of fun out there. We're back in Ohio, though, which is where we belong. We definitely I it. I don't like Ohio. I wish I was back on the East Coast. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was wonderful out there. <laughs> I like Ohio, just for the record. I'm happy I'm home, and uh, I'm happy that I'm back in the city that always sleeps. Well, that's a good place to be is back home. I know that feeling. Yeah. I've been to Columbus, Ohio one time, and um, it's not really the place for me, but <laughs> if it's the place for you guys, I'm glad that you guys can make it at home. Yeah, absolutely. I can understand. I, I always say this about Columbus. I, like, I really love it here. And uh, if you grew up here, it's a wonderful place to live. If you move here later on in life, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more i don't know i think it'd be more exciting if i didn't have, haven't always had a, done everything you know yeah i do feel like a lot of times because of uh the size of the city you know you go look for a restaurant to go eat at you feel like you've eaten at all the restaurants and you're like uh and you've done all the bowling and all the things you can do in town that it's like ah, i wish there was some new stuff you know because i feel like i've eaten at every restaurant in this city <laughs> So uh, what what's up tonight? What 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 are you calling for? That's well, I, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about um, something that I've I've run into a weird like repeated circumstance sort of thing in the last week or so, and that's 
guys on motorcycles being assholes on the road, and <laughs> I guess get your your opinion on that. My wife hates motorcycle guys. Like she just gets mad at them for existing. For me, it's like um, I don't know how I feel about it because I do get that tinge of anger, which I believe is jealousy when they make it around traffic. I don't know if that's like I, Split I, lines. in my brain. It's like this. In my brain, it's like, that motherfucker, he could have just waited in traffic like the rest of us. But then I also realized, like, well, if I could do it, then I would do it. You know, if I could skip traffic, then why wouldn't I do it? So there's a jealousy there. I think, um, you know, if someone's taking the risk to be that cool, you just kind of got to suck it up and, and understand that you're just a bystander in their, like, rock star lifestyle. Brain. But I dislike loud motorcycles. I oh, can't I stand them. the noise of motorcycles. They're better on gas mileage. Okay. Well, okay. That's fine. What What do you think about... Uh, what What happened to you this week uh, with the motorcycle cool. guys? Uh-oh. Everything's looping in. <laughs> what What happened with your motorcycle guys? I think we lost the collar, dude. I feel like we lost the caller for sure because he's not talking. Yeah, it seems like something happened there. Well, let's try another caller. They're still showing on my thing. Did their audio get muted? Are you muted, sir? Are you there? I don't know what's going on. I've lost you guys on my phone here. I can hear you on the stream, though. Um, but you can't hear us right now. I guess I'll just do my story real quick in case this call is going to drop. But really, I just he's had a, a weird run-in with... Some guys that are just like, you know, changing lanes real fast, not using turn signals. And I've just been like almost hit by a guy on a motorcycle like three or four times in the last two weeks. And it's just something I like thinking about. That's interesting. And it, it frustrates me when it happens, but I feel like on the like the kind of that jealousy of seeing people weaving through traffic and whatnot. Yeah, sometimes I think it's jealousy, and sometimes I think it's justified. I don't know how I feel about motorcycles, I know they're cool as hell. Yeah, they are an awesome. They are mo- cool. They're an <laughs> awesome mode of transportation. Also, if somebody's fucking head split open like a melon in front of you, that would be interesting as well. And like, that's the type of thing they put on the line. I I, I don't like that part. I don't want to be. Faced- oh, you don't want to like kill somebody? Well, yeah, I don't want to be faced with somebody's death in front of me. You know, I know part of living on a planet is that people die and it could happen in front of you. But like, if you're on a motorcycle, drive responsibly. It's always left up to, they're always like, you know, make sure you drive responsibly for our brothers on motorcycles. And it's like, that's fucked up. You know, I I mean, I'll do my part, but they got to do their part too. Is how I feel. Maybe that, maybe that's my philosophy. You be safe and I'll be safe and everybody will be safe. Yeah. To be honest, like I do ride a bike in traffic and. I stop and I don't run red lights and I try to be a good citizen for biking. Um, honestly, motorcycles shouldn't be doing it, but like they just harness the spirit that we all wish we had. You know, they just really just grab onto that life that we just, you know, as we're sitting in 45 minutes of traffic and they're splitting lanes and doing a fucking wheelie. Like they're just, a, we just steal a little bit of their shine, right? Just like take a little bit of their happiness, you yeah. know? They also get away from the cops all the time. They can get away from the cops, yeah. which is amazing. That's amazing. I yeah. love it when a person gets away from the cops no matter what. It's just, that's smart. Well, hey, buddy, thanks for calling. Good motorcycle tags. 
I'll let you go admit the rest of these calls. Have a good night. Wait, can you hear us again? Can you hear us yeah, right now? Yeah, thank right, you. I got you back on the phone again. I don't, I don't know what happened. It just cut out for a sec. But... All right. I would say, but here's the thing. I, I'm always... <coughs> Sorry, I got dabbling. Um, well, what, the thing about it is that like, I also feel if you are choosing to ride the motorcycle and be an asshole... People have the right to call you an asshole, and you should have to put up with that. You shouldn't pull out a switchblade and, like, threaten them in front of their family. That's right? True. Like, if I want to say, you asshole, like, you shouldn't beat me up, uh, you know, it, it's for, like, a gang initiation or something, right? That's true. I agree with that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to cover all the bases of motorcycle gangery. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm I mean, <laughs> I just feel like just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's one of those things where <clears throat> don't worry about motorcycle people. And uh, maybe someday you'll get to see a real-life horror movie in front of your face. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Kevin from the Midwest. What's up, Kevin? How's it going out here in the Midwest? Midwest is best. <clears throat> Midwest is best. So my dear, dear, dear friend, Extinct Inks, told me to call in to you guys tonight. And uh, I have a request from them. Uh, they wanted to hear you say trans rights. Trans rights. I did this not too long ago. Brent, you have to say trans rights. Trans rights. I already said I did it. Right? We did just do it. But you have to say trans rights. Trans rights. Thank you. You have to say it, man. Yeah, for no, sure. We believe oh. trans rights. Yeah. No, you know, they posted oh, yeah. that. That person posted the video of when they got me to say trans rights on Twitter. Oh, my beard looks so good in that video. I wish you could see it, Brett. So Extinct Inks is actually the person that illustrated the gumball uh, for the shirt, the uh, injury to gumball shirt, and the uh, gumball is an asshole. They are the illustrator for that. And uh, constant collaborator in the zine as well. One of my favorite people to work with. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Oh my god! And you, you got to see the sex zine thing they have coming out. Okay. It's so fucking good. Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna get fucking horny over this okay. fucking rope binding. Okay, shit. cool out. Yeah, cool it. Yep, cool it. Yep. You can't wait until it happens. Uh, mm, I don't know. I can wait. It's coming soon. Really. Well, uh, sweet. Yeah. You got anything else there? Yeah. So they. Uh, I was uh, complaining about work and. Uh, they told me I needed to call you in and talk about all of my employer's transgressions. Okay. You'd probably get a kick out of that. All right. Yeah, let's so, hear it. Uh, I, work, I, I work in a scientific field, so uh, in the we like manufacture products and stuff within like science, but I work in a lab. And uh, so the way that it started out with the pay scale was uh, everybody would just get a 3% uh, increase every year. That was a cost of living increase. And that was fine until they started to, like, actually grow and hire people. And what ended up happening is uh, now the company's been around for a while. The people who have been there for, like, over a decade are making, like, have not, like, gotten any raises other than that 3%. And so then they're hiring people in at the last rate. So we have people that have been there for like 10 years and they'll like meet up with somebody who's just like lowest tier, like entry level position. And they're like, yeah, I'm making like 15 bucks an hour. And they're like, I'm not even making that. And I've been with the company for like 10 years. Oh no. So, uh, 
Yeah, so there's a, there, there, it's been a huge issue, and, like, people have been just going bonkers about it lately because it's just getting so bad with, like, them hiring people in at, like, the current rate but not bringing everybody else's rates up, and they just are kind of like, eh, you know, <laughs> we know it's a problem, but we're not going to do anything about it. And then just recently what made a bunch of people leave is they uh, – they had a bunch of problems with just a few, like a handful of employees that were like calling in like every Monday because they were hungover and weren't going to come into work. And the managers, for whatever reason, were like, I can't fire this person because it's very much a like, you get through this company by getting dirt on people and then holding it over their head. So they're like, I can't fire this, these people. So they, in, they instituted this attendance policy. Uh, and we all, so everybody, uh, other than the salaried employees, so like the supervisors and managers who aren't affected by this, anybody who's paid hourly, is uh, you get eight points. And for er so if you're one minute late, you get deducted half a point. And uh, at eight points, you're automatically terminated with no recourse. Yeah. So you could end up losing your job for what amounts to uh, 16 minutes. Okay. Okay. God damn. I I was I was very yeah. into that. I was I was like in a point system game for a period, and I was very good at like uh, manipulate. I actually liked the point system because it let me always know where I stand. That's true. But like I can see also I, if they just foisted upon you after not having it, it would probably suck. Yeah, and it's like we get if you call in sick then you get a whole point deducted. So it's just like, I work in a place where I can't come in and get sick because not only am I risking getting my coworkers sick, but I'm also then risking contamination of our product, which is made to grow bacteria. Yikes. So if I'm sick with a bacteria, then I'm going to be coughing and sneezing all over whatever I'm working on. It's just like, oh, well, why is this growing on this plate? I'm not supposed to be growing this. It's like, oh, because I coughed on it while I was sick because I had to come in. Dang. So it's like, and the points only roll off every year from the date. Yeah. So a year is it, a long. They, they linger for a really long time. Right. That was but my system. That, like, but I'm. Gonna... Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was to say we work in like a, a field that like most of our people have degrees. Like we're adults, you know, and they say, "Oh, we make room, wiggle room for like, you know, stuff to happen." But at the same time, it's just like, look, you know happens and you know i can't lose my job over you know the fact that i get sick or you know my kid you know gets sick at daycare and i have to take them home so i have to leave early and therefore i get a point and then lose my job and can't support my kids yeah i uh i mean that's always those conversations you have like where i were i had we had a point system uh, at one of my jobs and it would just be like 12 points and you were out i'd be at like 10 and a half i'd be like hey megan i'm calling in today they're like are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, yeah, they're like I'm really disappointed. And I'm like, well, are you going to fire me? And they're like, well, no, I can't fire you until you get to 12. And I'm like, okay, then I'm not going to be there and I'll see you tomorrow. Like, right. I mean, the point yeah. system is very naked, but it is, it is, um, I've never liked that feeling of being on a game system when you're right. Everybody here is very well educated grown ups that, can associate with each other and get this work done without like writing down every fucking minute that we're spending, you know, on stuff. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, the point system at, at the place I worked at that did points, they rolled off after three months. Well, actually, no, that's a gift. They didn't roll off after three months. A half a point rolled off every three months, and you could work overtime on the weekends. And for every four hour, no, for every two hours you worked, a quarter point came off. So, like, if I got up right around like seven or six points, I would just work a bunch of overtime, make a bunch of extra money, and also have the points roll off. Oh, you guys cut out again. Ah, shit. Oh no! Shit. Hey, now you're back. Yeah. Shit the bed. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, I used to just, I really worked the point system at the place I worked at, but uh, the point yeah, system really that doesn't. I wish they would do that weekend uh, overtime with us because, like, uh, when I worked, I worked a different position at a different building, and uh, from Easter of last year until I left in uh, October of last year. I worked eight hours every single Saturday, except for like a handful where I didn't, because it was quote unquote mandatory overtime, but they can't make it mandatory. But it was just like, you know, I still go in and work on the weekends. We still all have plenty of time, you know, stuff to do on the weekend. I'd happily go in and work, uh, you know, a few hours, which I already do, if it meant I could get like a quarter of a point off or something. Just like, look, I'm showing you I'm devoted to my job. Like, I don't want to lose it over, you know, you know, because, you know, I get, I hit a bad traffic light. Yeah, yeah. It does. I mean, taking, I mean, a point for, uh, like, so they don't deal in quarter and half points and three quarters of a point in your system? No, it's either a half point or a point. See, that's crazy. Because, like, for us, it was, it was something like, uh, if you're 15 minutes late, then that was a quarter point. And if you're a half hour late, that was a half point. And then, you know, it kind of moved on. So basically, a lot of times, if you were like two hours late, it was a full point. So people would just be like, fuck it. I'm, I'm just not going to go in. <laughs> I'm just not going to go in. I'll take well, yeah, the full that's point. That's the same thing with us. Like, it's like from one minute to two hours, it's half a point. But anything after that, it's like a full point. So when people are like, well, fuck it. If I'm going to be a minute late, like, you know, I'm just going to call in. Like, fuck it. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know what was tight about the point system I was in, too? A no-call, no-show was two points. But, so, like... Yeah, that's the same for us. It's two points for a no-call, no-show. And then it's, like, one point if you either, like, miss more than two hours or if you call in sick completely. Like, they have to know they said 48 hours in advance. Right. But it's, like, I had a friend um, who worked for Whole Foods when they were, like, after they got brought out by Amazon, and they had the same system. But it was actually, like, better... And they, and the fact that their half points rolled off after six months rather yes. than a full year. That was how. But it's just like they, they obviously like don't really care about how many people they're losing. Like we already have really high turnover, and our a VP of manufacturing was like, "Oh, I really want to address this. Like this will be our goal for the next fiscal year." But like they had a manager's meeting to tell them how to like the system operates and what they're going to do and what their responsibilities are before they introduced it to all of the employees. And one of the managers just was like, you know, he opened it to questions and he asked like, Hey, how many good people are we going to have to lose before you guys realize that this system is just completely broken? And HR's response to that was, well, good employees are never late. Yeah. Yeah, oh, really. But I mean, it's not even about wow. like being a bad employee. Like people are just late sometimes. Well, it's, I mean, there's also just styles people have, and some people 
roll in 10 minutes late and some people roll in 15 minutes early and waste 30 minutes of time to right. get the and day some started. Some people roll in 10 minutes late and will work the 10 minutes on the other end of the shift too. It's not like life or death. And, yeah. and if you just make these arbitrary lines, especially for like, like you're saying adults that have de- advanced, you know, degrees, then like, what even are you doing? Like, what's the point? What was the point in all the college and all that stuff? If in the end you're being treated like somebody that works at a call center, which is that's the point system yeah, I had was at a call we center. We had one person literally like she was kind of waffling on whether she wanted to stay or not because she's just like, look, the job's easy. I like it. I like the people I work with, which is like what everybody says. Like you stay for the people, but you use this place as basically a stepping stone until you're done. But like when they implemented that, she was just like. Oh, no, I, I don't like people telling me how I can use my time or, you know, punishing me for, you know, things that are beyond my control. Like, I don't plan to get sick and I don't plan to, you know, get a train on the way to work and be a couple minutes late, you know. And, like, the managers were trying to get them to go down to 15 minutes so that there was that buffer, but they wouldn't budge. They were like, nope, one minute. I just had – I actually just had this conversation with my wife uh, the other day, and, and Brett, you'll, you'll probably appreciate this conversation too. Is that uh, So my wife works a job where she's paid salary, and uh, pretty much the entire company is off if the market is closed because her job is directly tied to the stock market. Like – she does something that's kind of tied to the stock market. So if the market's closed, if banks are closed, she can't really do her work. It like it doesn't. There there are other side things that they can do, and a lot of times they'll have them come in and do like company retreats and shit like that on 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 these days where the market's closed. But inevitably, my wife always has to work the day after Thanksgiving. She always have to has to work on Christmas Eve. Like she has to be there, and there's no real reason. Uh, for productivity that she has to be there. So she has gone, everybody else in her building is off, right? <laughs> Except for the people under this one director. So she said that her manager went to the director and talked to the director about getting the time off. So I, and said no, nothing ever happened. And she didn't say no. She said, I'll run it up the thing and, and you know we'll figure it out. It's a, yeah, we'll see. And and so it it reminded me of this time when I was working at the cable company. Out of nowhere, the people from New York, the people that like run the company from a boardroom, like the CEO and the CFO or something, came. The people that fly up into outer space and direct the cable into everyone's right. Eye. Well, they came to Columbus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they came to Columbus. And they sat us in a room and they asked us about our job and what our job was like. And the managers weren't there. Okay. And we told them what was going on in the place, the things that bothered us about what was going on. It was a really like actually reasonable conversation and they listened. And then the next day, the managers had a meeting with us and said, we understand your frustrations and we're going to deal with these issues. And for two weeks, the managers were great and they were like doing all the stuff that you were supposed to do. Yeah. But after two They're weeks, that like, words. yeah, but after two weeks that all ended. And I just, I, I think when I think about things like this, you go to your manager who then goes to their manager and that manager that's above your manager is where, where like everything goes to die. Yeah. It never goes above that. That manager is there as a shield between you and the people above them. So 
you could if if you could sit down and talk to the person above that manager and be like what the fuck am i even doing to work here or why is it the same amount of points for two minutes as it is for fucking a half hour if you could talk to them they'd probably be like oh yeah that doesn't make any sense let's change it yeah they don't they would never abide by those rules (laughs) yeah and that information just never gets to those people It, it 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 goes to the it goes like three three rungs up the ladder and then dies and that's why people are so miserable at work and nothing can ever change because everything only gets three rings up the of uh, three rungs up the ladder and the person three rungs up the ladder can't make any fucking decisions you know they can't actually make decisions and they actually are too chicken shit to go to the people above them to ask them to to approve these decisions yeah is that's how I think a lot of companies yeah, work. Yeah, it's funny because we like participating in those meetings where we were quote unquote trained on the attendance policy. Like we had the um, like VP of manufacturing at all the meetings, and so it was just like you know you report like one step up, like one step up is the CEO. Like, you are very close to getting up there. But it's like, they're the ones that made this decision. So it's just like, you know, I, I, I'm i hoping that in the next few months that they'll, like, see how many people they lose, how our turnover just goes from bad to worse, and they'll realize, like, oh, dang, this isn't working. This is doing the opposite of what we had hoped for because, you know, the people with the dirt are still hanging around because, you know, they're finding ways to get around it. And things like that. So, but it's just really funny to me because when this all started happening, uh, I was talking with my coworkers and we were all so frustrated by it. And uh, I just mentioned offhand, it's like, you know, if we were union, like they they wouldn't be able to do this. And a lot of my coworkers are younger than me because they hire a lot of people that are right out of college, and I got kind of a late start on that. And one of them goes, "Oh yeah, my dad's in a union, but I'm glad we aren't union." Ah. And it's just like. It, yeah, it, it, it because like, the anti-union stuff has been around for so long. Like, I asked him, why don't you want to be in union? And he didn't have an answer. He just knows because of, like, all of the anti-union propaganda that, oh, being in union is bad. I don't know why it's bad, but I just, I know it's bad, so I don't want to do that. Yeah, there's a lot and of people. these how it is with, like, all of our coworkers. You know, there's a lot of people out there saying that you shouldn't join up with your employers and ask or your employee, uh, fellow employees and ask for a better working situation, you know? we got to respect what they say. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people just... A lot of people come to that anti-union stance if they know somebody that's in a union from that person having a bad experience with the union and then... They kind of just spread it I, out among, uh, among, like, not a bad, there was some, like, a person that got fucking fired yeah. and had a union job. Because I got fired from a union job. I'm going to tell you what. I worked at the grocery store at Kroger. I got fired, and they had a union. I got fired for calling off. But I got fired for fucking calling off, like, the sixth time in, like, two months. And I got fired, for, and it was for Lollapalooza, and it was transparently for Lollapalooza because I came in and bought tickets on the day I was supposed to be at work. <laughs> and, like, I got fired, but then I ran around. I was like, the union didn't even fucking protect me. And it's like, well, I mean, they can't protect, like, you if you're a bad employee. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 like, so, like, I think some of that stuff is just people who had a bad experience at a job with a union. 
and his dad probably because I know another guy that was in a union who talked about how like all the guys that have seniority they just sit on their fucking ass all day while we load trucks and it was bullshit and it's like but if you would have worked there longer and got seniority, you'd have been sitting on your ass while other motherfuckers loaded trucks. It would have been awesome. That's yeah. the way it works, you know? That's great. That's a great... Um... <laughs> yeah. The older people have to sit on their ass more than the younger people who have to fill the trucks. That's how this whole thing... That's, that's how the workforce works. That's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild, though. That point system sounds oppressive. We lost that person. Um, all the flesh melted from their skin and they became a skeleton. That does that is an oppressive point system though. If it's like if it if it takes a year to roll off, yeah, I consider that an oppressive point. I system. like a year, man, man, because sometimes they do that shit where like it, it would be January first, and then you like rack them up at the end and then get them all back at the beginning and then you'd overuse them. But like one year, I feel I was able to like sprinkle them well enough. Right, they're saying that the points. But it it also depends on the amount. Like I got twelve, so that was basically one call off a month. I had one every once a month. I could be like, my dude has the best fucking Molly right now, so I I'm have can't come to work at all. Right, it's the year a year for a full point to roll off is a long time. Like if we're talking because we're, we're talking about like a point. You get a point, and then 365 days later, we're not talking about January 1st. We're talking about 365 yeah, days from your point. Yeah. And a year for a full point to roll off seems like a very But how many time. are you talking about? We're, what? How many total are you getting? If you get eight, that's not very much. I to got play 12. With. I got 12. Right. I got that 12. Person in that person that just called got eight. And oh, I, wasn't, I don't give a fuck about with. that person calling. I only care oh. about me. <laughs> okay. Well, eight is not enough to play with. No, eight. Think. No, hell no. Eight on a yearly schedule is bullshit. Especially if you're like. You should be on six months at least. One of those people that are like wildly scared of work. And, you know, the thing is, when you get six points in an eight point system or 10 points in a 12 point system. You get a probation, like email, and yeah, it scares yeah. people. Some well, people. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, that's like the weak will. Well, it scared bullshit. me. I'm, I know. <laughs> yeah, it scared me, but well, I was well, like, why do I care? What about I always this? said to me, like, cut through it just from the very you just say, "Are you going to fire me?" And like, <laughs> no, but no, but this is serious. Like, we're really mad. Yeah, we you don't know? like it. Oh, you know, uh, Jake in the fucking main office found out about this, and uh, he's not happy. He doesn't like seeing names come across his. <laughs> Yes. says they got 11 occurrences you know i'm like well is he gonna fire me I'm like no I'm like well okay well, well jake sure. will fucking live yeah man. i gotta be yep yep we're all gonna do fine as long as i get my paycheck i'm gonna keep doing the best fucking work this warehouse has ever seen yeah yeah right, let's see who's on the phone we're down to four we we it's we're on a good pace right now let's do it we're, we're in a marathon groove here thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to Hey, Jeff. Nope. Sup, Jeff? Hi, Jeff. Are you in a Are you in a fucking diner or like a a pet adoption place? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, just hanging out, uh, watching a movie. Oh, a movie. It okay. sounds like somebody's yelling at you <laughs> yes. in the background right now. Like I, just I, keep, I heard racket immediately. I just keep hearing somebody say, "Jeff, <laughs> Jeff." Like, are you in the middle of a movie? I deserve it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're in the middle of a movie, and you're like, "Well, I'm just on the phone with this podcast right now." Actually, that's what I I'm was doing. on the phone with you before I, uh, before the movie started. What uh, movie you watching? How long y'all been on the air? Are you in Hellboy right now? Oh, the Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. No, Go see no, Hellboy. You've seen Hellboy. the Princess Bride before, haven't you? 
Yeah, you and my wife are watching it. Oh, okay, okay. I know, I know that you gotta do Play it. All in. You gotta watch the same movies fifty-seven times with your wife. Yep, that's the way it works. That's how my wife is. Let's watch you, Mama Mia. If you're gonna share a blanket, time. if it means sharing a blanket, I'll watch it another time. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick man. Yeah, no, let's watch Mamma Mia again. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, yeah fucking Princess Bride again. Yeah, it's funny. I'm just saying how, how, cheap your, how cheap your blankets are. I mean, you can get it for that. <laughs> I only watch movies one time now. I have a strict only watching a movie one really? time policy now. Yeah. I will not watch another movie. I don't ever watch any new movies. I only watch, like, movies I've seen 27 times. See, that's really? the problem. I, mean, I don't know what the deal is. That's, that's, a not, problem that's, run, bad. that's a problem I've run into, though, is that, like, I've, like, run out of movies. No way. Where I'm just like, ah, you're just, I've you're seen all the movies. movies. Brian, you're just a guy that wants someone to bring everything to you on a silver platter. <laughs> I, my wife will attest to, bye, bye. I have... I have seen every single movie. And I say this every time we look for a movie. I'm like, honey, I've seen them all. I saw all uh, of them. Every yeah. single last movie yeah, yeah, that yeah. I would watch, I have seen. <laughs> That's a okay. caveat there. I get it, yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah. It's, it's So, for people that aren't can't do the math quite properly, of movies that he would watch, he's seen them all. I've seen every single fucking one. He has some very important prejudices. I don't about, have any About prejudices. every other movie that isn't the movie that he would watch. I've seen A Star Is Born. That you watch A Star Is Born? I've okay. seen A Star Is Born. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, you I ate you it. ate crickets and you watched A Star Is Born. I watch you are all like kinds a fucking metropolitan motherfucker right now. I watched right Tag. Now. I watched the movie Tag. I don't even know Tag. It's a fucking mainstream comedy movie. I sat and watched the goddamn thing. I see movies. I will watch. I saw Shazam, which is in my wheelhouse. But I'm I saying, seen movies. But I, I seen only, movies. I see movies. I strictly I now, and and this, my wife even understands this. She has to go to the movies if she wants to see a movie with me because I won't watch it again once I see it. I'm like, uh, I saw it. I'm not watching it again. Every time I watch a movie a second time, I don't like it. Anymore. I agree. I mean, Erica, <laughs> Erica, I liked, I will like spend 15 minutes telling my wife how amazing a movie was. And I'm like, and she's like, well, we got to watch that. And I was like, no, I mean, I just watched it. Like, <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah. Check it out. Like, check it out sometime. Like, if I'm out of town or something or you're bored, like, just go do it. But, I, yeah, I just watched that thing. Yeah. Sorry, we, we railroaded you on your movie. But I just want everybody to know that I have a straight... I can't remember the last time I saw a new movie, so... Yeah. One movie. What, only watch every movie once, and you'll never hate a movie again. Because watching it, if you know I'm you never opposite trajectory, it's complete opposite. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to only watch movies I've seen a hundred times. <laughs> That's comforting. I can't do it. I just can't. I'm, I am addicted to the new new, um, but I haven't watched. I haven't rewatched anything in a very long time. Yeah. Well, you know, I watch all new movies. I go to the movie theater all the time. I haven't seen Hellboy yet, but I plan to see it once. Yeah, Once. I do want to see Hellboy. Hellboy's gonna rock. Well, here's the it's thing. gonna be good. It's, it's got good. terrible reviews, and people actually. I said, should I see Hellboy or Shazam? And I got multiple DMs from people like, please, you do not want to see Hellboy. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what other movie has 
has the son of Satan with flaming horns cutting people in half with a flaming sword. I mean, I'll tell you this. Shazam is not good. Yeah. Is, is it the Adam Sandler movie? With the <laughs> yeah, movie? it is. It's the Adam Sandler movie. It's just bunk. Shazam? Adam Sandler as Shazam, right? No. Yeah, it's, it's Adam Sandler. It's the guy it's Adam Chuck. Sandler. Adam Sandler was the son of Satan. Yeah, he was in Little Nicky. Oh, no. I went Adam Sandler with Shazam. <laughs> I'm trying to explain. I saw Shazam and Shazam. the water boy, Brett. Shazam was what I would call a wimp. And he ran away from the bad guy through the whole movie till the end. You watched it? I saw it. You saw Shazam? I did. I went to see I took my daughter to see Shazam on Thursday night at 9:15 or 9:45 p.m. He thought two Captain Marvel movies just from two different kinds of Captain I Marvel. I see that's this is where I learned my policy everybody. Here's the thing. I was watching these goddamn comic book movies and I was having the best time of my life. In the theater. I was like, these movies are great. I love these movies. Then I was coming home and turning them on on the TV for my wife. Like, oh, you fucking got to see Winter Soldier. And we turn it on, and I'm like, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a movie. <laughs> I would give that movie five. St- I gave that movie five stars when I left the theater and one star when I watched it on my TV. <laughs> I mean, when when things are gigantic and loud, and you have like popcorn and in like a whole bucket of like uh, sugar-free ginger ale, you know. Especially with my policy of always sitting in the first three rows at the movie theater. Yeah, that really that gets <laughs> oh, you in. Man, yeah. No, I was always one of those like middle rows guys. No, you're in the front, man. It's grabbing you by the fucking shoulders. Yeah, so like you can't do anything else. You know, no, when you're in the front, the problem with sitting in the front. When you when you sit in the front, you cannot see the whole screen. You can't look any. Know. You can't look anywhere without seeing the movie. I know. You're tra- trapped in like a panopticon of the movie. That's how I like feel. Every fucking where you look is the movie. I know, and it's so fucking loud. I know. It's just shooting it's right at your, your face. face. Yeah. It's like fucking so much. Yeah. It, it's worth it for me. Maybe to it's it. five stars. My my went with my. Says something about me. <laughs> I went with my brother. Maybe it says something about me, but I want to be able to see all of the stuff in the movie. Got able to do. So if I can only see a part of the movie, I get a little. You turn know, your head, corner, man. In that corner, I can't see right now. So I took my brother and my sister-in-law to see Fast and the Furious Six, and they had a meltdown. Because they had to sit in the first three rows with me. And I was like standing up and raising my fist during the movie and getting so excited to it. Going, damn, damn. Because like, it feels so fucking real. Yeah. In it's that immersive. row. Where it's like you get there in the back and it's like, hey, might as well be at home watching yes. it through a telescope or something. Like up in a balcony with those right. little opera glasses and shit. Like I ain't trying to do that. I'm trying to be right in the fucking front of the thing. I want it to feel like... I want it to feel like I'm being assaulted by the movie. <laughs> no, I want to get in it. I want to get as close as possible. Like, as a kid, I was the one that put my forehead on the TV screen to watch shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I want to do okay, that again. I do that one, too. Yeah. I love it. Somebody was talking. I do that one, too. Like, recently on your Kickstarter. Just the individual colored light I'm, me, the TV. Me and my wife did it for Cowboys versus Aliens. And it was, like, the best fucking movie we had ever I seen. I my wife would probably good. still vouch for that movie like that shit rocked yeah well i i was listening to your kickstarter sucks and they like really hit home for me this week because they were talking about when dvds were like just like near dying and they were like you can either buy the widescreen version 
or the pan and scan, oh, oh, yeah. right? A full screen version. And I remember I was so a full screen version because, and they were making fun no, of, they no, were making fun wrong. of full screen people because they were like, I don't want to see the black bars. And I was like, I didn't want to see the black uh, yeah. bars. I hated the fucking black bars. Fill it up. Yeah, fill the fucking thing up, man. Zoom, in on, zoom in on the action. <laughs> yeah. I paid for all this TV. No, 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 no. <laughs> see, here's my, my problem is that, that all that stuff that you can't see, that the black bars are, like, making space for, all that stuff matters. No, it you doesn't. Know, it's usually... Like, where all this shit's happening, and, I mean, that, that matters, too. But it's not the only thing that matters. But I'm, like, really you're dumb. Narrow, you're literally narrowing the aperture. Right. I'm really dumb, though. And, like, it's the same thing when I read a news article. I kind of wish I could hire somebody to, like, highlight the important parts of the article so I didn't have to read all the other stuff. Just focus know? right okay. in on what I'm supposed to yeah, be looking at here. It's the here. same thing as TV. It's the same thing with books. It's like, can I just read the important parts of the goddamn book? Do I have to read, like, <laughs> all the other right, stuff? So, so, okay. Oh, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. When, and, and this is probably why, sitting in the front rows of the movies or putting your head all the way up to the TV is better than, like, the, the, the full-screen release as opposed to the widescreen release is when you're sitting in the front row or when you're choosing to put your head on the TV, you get to choose where you want to look. Yeah. But when you get the widescreen release, you can only see what's on the TV. Right. Yeah, that's fine, though. That's a, but for so me, it's really like... authoritarian in a, in a sense. For me, it's like... I mean, I've never... Uh, here's the thing. I never watched a full-screen movie where a guy, like, threw a kick and the person he was kicking was not on the screen. <laughs> like, I've never seen anything... Yeah, where I was like, I never felt like I was missing anything. <laughs> I know it's horrible. I was a redneck guy. I understood. Once I got the cable job, I was okay with the black bars. Because I okay. understood how it all, how all that you're stuff like, worked. Like, look, you can soak up so much atmosphere on the right and left-hand side of this yeah. picture here. But me and my wife, man, for a long time, like, we wouldn't watch HDTV because... A lot of the shows had the black bars on the side. We're not watching that shit. This is bullshit. This sucks. Yeah, I mean that's like it's like a fucking three quarter television. Right? I know. It's like I bought this fucking huge TV and now I'm watching shit with bars it's like on it. Get out of town, man. Three two television, like that three two beer bullshit. <laughs> yeah, let's give me a fucking put me in the front row of a goddamn movie. Di Look, when oh, okay, let me ask you this, and then we'll we'll get to the reason why you what? called. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask the caller this now, okay? Because. He's disagreeing a little with us. Oh. If you built a home theater at your house, would you put the chairs like 40 feet away from the screen? <laughs> right. Okay, if I can get a room that's got 40 feet of space, then I'll put the chairs. Then it's the question that I can actually answer. But as for right now, the chair, like, like I don't know. I want to I see the whole screen, but I don't want to see anything but the screen is, I guess, the problem. Yeah. So the black bars are nothing. They're literally nothing. So you kind of don't see it. Yeah. But I'm saying if you so have a motherfucking... It's far enough away from the screen so that I can see the whole thing. But I don't know. I want to see Yeah, it. dude. I, I'm about to get I to them. I, I want to see the whole screen. I'd rather, you know what? I'd rather have them fucking glasses. If they can make some of the VR glasses make it look like I'm watching a big-ass TV, I'd rather do that, man. I, I mean, I always... Back in the day, there was this Maxell tape commercial where this guy, like, sat in, like, a reclining chair, 
and he put a tape in a tape deck and oh, yeah. shut it and turned it on and his whole like hair was blowing back and shit. That's how I want to feel like when I'm watching a movie. I want to be as close to the screen as I can get. I want to feel the wind blowing on me. I want to feel the chairs shaking. All that stuff. So Easton has a the chair shake now. Ooh. So when I was watching Shazam, whenever he did something cowardly, are you serious? And fell, the chair would be like. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's awesome. nice. All right. That feels like That's the beginning awesome. of TV. That is pretty cool. It was cool. You're in the world. It means you're there. You're in the world experiencing the things that are happening. Rumble pack. Happening. Yeah. Rumble. Experiencing Shazam. Yeah, the rumble pack. Yeah. I can't believe you. Well, you gave money to Shazam, man. You're pathetic as fuck, dude. I give. I already have tickets for Endgame, dude. Wow. I have tickets in my phone right now for Avengers People, Endgame. You can break free from this and never watch a Marvel movie. It doesn't matter. Like, I will never. It's like jury duty to me. I mean, if you want to like, if you want to have parlance with toothless people, you should watch fucking oh, Marvel Jesus movies. <laughs> yeah, if you want to talk to like a kid or something or any human, like if you want to have something where you can talk to any human in the world, you go no. see a Marvel movie. No, not the fucking elites, man. The elites aren't aren't into that shit. But all humans, so most people are, though. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm thinking about is uh, somebody was commenting on my recent film, like, watching. And my my philosophy is to, like, let the hype die down and then figure out what people are still talking about. And I realized with those Marvel movies that they have not created, like, any sort of significant cultural, like, catchphrase or moment or anything they're just all like dust in the fucking wind like they're just like so so temporary there's nothing about them that like affects our culture in any sort of significant way can i offer a rebuttal to that yeah give me being a part of hype kicks ass sure (laughs) and like being in the moment no where everybody's going crazy it's like everybody's fucking seeing endgame holy shit you gotta see it this weekend right that's very important to me actually my daughter has quality wise though a concert Right, a band concert. She has to do a choir concert on Thursday at seven, and I originally bought the tickets for then, and I was pissed off that I had to go to the concert and not see the movie on opening night, so I'm seeing it on Saturday. I'm, and it's like, just for me, it's like, I want to be, I want to do what everybody else is doing. What one of the most defining cultural experiences of my childhood was when Batman came out in 1992 and people were fucking shaving Batman into their head. Yeah. And like all anybody was talking about was that fucking Batman movie. And my dad took me to see Batman on opening weekend. And I just fucking felt like, holy shit, man, me and the rest of the world are fucking seeing this Batman movie together. Yeah. Now we're going to get the collector's plate from McDonald's. Right. Things like that don't happen now. It's not, except with the Avengers. Yeah, when yeah. an Avengers movie sure. comes out, every single person is like, I'm yeah. going to go fucking see this Avengers all the, movie. Um, and we all sit and talk about it. You know, you can talk to a guy at the bus stop about it. You can talk to, like, a college professor about it. You can talk to, like, anybody about the Avengers. Well, not everybody. Everybody's watching the Avengers. I mean, yeah. 
Sure. Everybody's watching it. I mean, the mouth-breathing sheeple, oh, like, Jesus they can't, can't bring themselves to, like, do it. anything significant for themselves, so they ride the coattails <laughs> of a bunch of cartoon characters. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's bad. It is a bad fucking movie. I mean, it's totally not worth your time, and I've given up on it. And, you know, like, Star Wars had significant moments that really did affect culture in a gigantic way, but these Marvel movies have resulted into nothing significant in any sort of fashion. And uh, uh, I'm sorry to deflate your balloon, but let's hear what the next caller has to say. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, Rose, how you doing? For uh, the Disability Day. Oh, awesome. Yes. I remember that. Uh, I was calling because I heard a bit of a, a tail on your conversation. Were you talking about eating bugs earlier? Yeah, I uh, I bought some, like, cricket protein. I have some, like, cricket protein bars, and then, like, that company sent me, like, coupons to get, like, they're, they're just, like, dry-roasted crickets that taste like taco seasoning mix. <laughs> they're great. Cool. Uh, I mean, they're low calorie, uh, tons of protein, lots of fucking fiber. Like you shit out every single thing that goes into your body that day. Like nothing makes it. Nothing. Nothing is sitting in your colon. How's that? How's Brian feeling about that? About eating bugs? Brian took it like a champ. Uh, Brian said it revitalized him, and uh, he's like on board, as far as I know. Are you still in with bugs? I don't feel like I'm having a panic attack anymore. Dude, it like regularly. I, like, I feel like that was what, because I had just eaten like carbs and vegetables for dinner. So I needed some kind of protein. And I think it did like, it did like level me out. I quit like shaking. And once I quit shaking, I quit like panicking. I panic when my body does anything. Yeah, you have to consume life force. Yeah. I'm pretty bad yeah. about, I'm pretty bad about eating. I, I don't do a good job of eating during the day. How, how so? What's your, what's your diet like? Well, I get up every day and I say I hate waking up. And then I <laughs> drink a Soylent. And you about, announce that. Uh, 24, uh, 24 ounces, I think, of water. All at once? Yes, I chug it. And Ooh, then I drink. That's impressive. And then I go for a really long walk. And then I come home and I might eat like a bar if I have one, but otherwise I'll just wait until dinner time and then I'll eat dinner. And then, you know, sometimes I'll binge eat at night, but I'm not doing that as much anymore, but I don't think I'm getting enough calories. So that's just the way it is. Uh, Go ahead. uh, I was going to say that I, um, I, uh, a few years ago, um, one of my friends was living in Thailand, and I was uh, I was living in India for a while. So I went over and I visited them in Thailand. And over in Thailand, they serve bugs as like a novelty street food. So there was a night where I was really drunk with my friend, and we just tried a bunch of bugs. And it wasn't like ground up crickets. It was like whole deep fried crickets, uh, spiders, um, grasshoppers. <laughs> And we just chow through them all. And you know what? They're pretty good. Yeah, I'm down with it. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. You can just make them out of fucking nowhere. Like, you just, like, put a bunch of bugs oh. together and just make food. 
you know, there are interesting yeah. uh, source of like nutrition and all of that. And uh, I, uh, I, you know, I, there's like, I know that they, they serve them in tacos in certain places. There's also lots of, you know, stir fries and shit that get made with it. So I'm down with it. I mean, I, I've been using, I've been, uh, I, I enjoy them. So I had them on hand. <laughs> Brian tried them out of nowhere, which we do. Like we try to, like I don't. I want to start like a snack YouTube, but I don't have the extra time, and I really want to just talk about snacks and flavors, you know, for a good part of our lives. And uh, so I'm glad that he. I'm glad that he gave the uh, Southwest Taco crickets a try. These are full blown crickets. Like it's a it's a handful of fucking bugs. Like it's the whole body and everything. I got the uh the oh, it's not like ground up at all. No, no, no. This is like snacking crickets. This is like you put it like when your peepaw used to like put a handful of peanuts in his hand and shake him around and then like shoot him in his mouth like <laughs> through a little funnel or whatever. Like it's that type of snacking. Yeah. It's like a cracker jack shit. Dang. But I, I also I what yeah, I do what what I've what I've moved beyond to be honest is like Take Southwest Taco crickets, mix them up with like cashews and like dried pineapple, and make that into like a like an impromptu trail mix of some sorts. That's been my like way to enjoy them the best. Yeah, I don't oh like God, them. That's hilarious. I, I think it, my problem with the bugs is like they were crispy. Like I think you would want them to be. Yeah. But they, when you put them in your mouth, the only thing you can think is these are bugs and there's guts inside of them. No, I don't think that at all. See, that's all I could think was that there were guts inside of the bugs. I'm having like, a, I didn't I'm like, having like a, I'm having like, a, like, it's like flavor explosions in my mouth. I'm just like, this is so great. This is fucking satisfying. Well, that's the other thing. I didn't love the seasoning. So that might have been oh, really the thing because oh, it just tasted it. like they dumped that old El Paso taco seasoning yes. on a bunch of bugs. The classic and stuff. I don't like that stuff. Mm. I season. I eat chorizo when I oh, eat Mexican oh. food, or I eat carnitas. Okay, carnitas. <laughs> yes, and I do not or carne asada, and I don't put taco seasoning on ground beef when I eat tacos. That's not how I eat tacos. I like to eat them the traditional way. I respect that. Like Peggy Hill. Yeah, there should never be... No ground beef tacos should be... Are going to be eliminated from society. If I'm in charge of the cultural Marxism, ground beef tacos will be eliminated. As even like a vegetarian, I just want you to eat like regular good tacos and not like the bullshit that we've made up. Yeah, yeah. No, I I am vegetarian, but I'm very curious. Why why are ground beef tacos wrong? They're just awful. I mean, I as a I ate them as a kid growing up, and like uh, now when I've I've been to Texas, I've I lived in Texas for a while, and I see like people take like a motherfucking cow's tongue and turn it into something delicious, and I'm like, get the fuck out of oh. here with that hamburger ass bullshit. Just stop it with the four ninety nine. <laughs> For yeah. fucking two pounds or five pound log or whatever you're fucking getting. My father like do the right thing. Like, I, I mean, it is like it, you know, just like it's one of those things where like we us as white people got to be motherfucking stopped with that. Like you got to eat the good stuff. My in laws got to eat. You got to eat onions and fucking uh, cilantro on top of your shit. My in laws offered me beans oh. and rice when I went over there, and and I was like, oh yeah, I'll have some. I was like, what's what's the meat in there? Thinking they put some andouille in there since it's beans and rice, you know. I'm saying? Sure. It was just hamburger, unseasoned hamburger in there. I was like, I don't want this. I'll, yeah. I'll not have this. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like they put a tube of goddamn hamburger in their beans and rice. Like that's 
Just eat the beans and fucking rice. There's plenty of protein in the goddamn beans. But if you're going to put meat in it, put an andouille in there. Put a nice chorizo. Put a nice sausage. Sausage, as they say. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to eat it, but, like, you should do it. You should have some sort of, like, you should be proper about it. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm a, I, I, I will eat bugs again. I think when you talk about a bug energy bar... That maybe is more palatable to me. It just like tastes like fudge brownie, and like they got like a chocolate birth. They got like a birthday cake one too. It's like seeing them look like bugs is the real problem. I like that. I don't like that. I don't get to kill stuff. I haven't killed. I haven't. I just from like feeling real carnivorous. Maybe like I just want to fucking consume life. I eat meat. I eat dead animals. I don't quite frequently, so I I don't get a kick out of that. But it is weird that I eat dead animals, but I'm weirded out by eating bugs. Bugs so don't that's bother weird. me. Bugs yeah. don't bother me. They're so stupid and lifeless. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like fish. You can just grow them in a fucking, like, fish tank, dude. And, like, that's true. In an aquarium, you can just grow a bunch of bugs and then eat them, and they'll make you strong as fuck. You're right. Like, I have big-ass muscles from, from crickets right now. Hell yeah. That's all my definition. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got two calls left? Yeah, we do. All right. How do you know? answer these two calls. Because you said we have four two calls ago. I'm right. counting. Have a good night, guys. Thank yeah, thanks for, for calling, calling in. We appreciate it. Sorry, we didn't mean to like ruin it with bug talk. But I love bugs. I'm a big fan of bugs now. I like roly polies. I used to roll them up into a ball, which is probably evil. I think. I mean, where I'm at honestly is if people want to like do the meat stuff, is just like please reduce it to just please just cherish it and make it decent. You know, that's what that's like the disconnect with the taco thing. Like if you're gonna fucking take a, a pig and cut it up right and make some good ass fucking Mexican food, please do that. But do not buy the cheapest hamburger you can fucking get and throw a packet of El, old El Paso on it and call it fucking dead. <laughs> I know. That's well, just embarrassing. It's a waste of life, man. It's just like they take away they take away that like you know, that like <laughs> spark of existence of knowing the spices or understanding what tastes good in like that fucking flavor realm, you know? My wife once went to a uh, baby shower where they had chili. They were like, we're gonna have chili here. And they just dumped ground beef and tomato soup in no. a crock pot and heated it up. Nope. And it was like, that's the chili. And it's like, that's, buddy, that's not chili. That person's a MAGA chud now, which makes uh, sense with their flavors. The the flavors that they enjoy yeah. to eat is chili and then their politics. You, like, those MAGA people just ain't about having spices. Wow, that is a really unfortunate story. Yeah, My well, God. What are you going to do? All right, we got two people left. Let's see what they got to say. Let's do it and then go home. Well, you're home, but you know. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, this is Gavin from uh, just outside of Chicago. What's up, uh, Gavin? I want to echo what an earlier caller called in and said: "Free Palestine. Uh, we want to see a free Palestine in my lifetime." That would whoop be whoop, free Palestine really, for sure. Really, a wonderful. Absolutely. That uh, would be what best. I wanted to call in though and ask about was: uh, you guys ever have like weird like heating situations? I mean, I'm always. I'm always like, battling uh, heat. There was a, uh, I had yeah, like a few. We uh, live in, uh, in Chicago. It gets really fucking cold. Uh, and at my current place, they have the heaters bolted to the ceiling, and it looks like they're gonna fall at any moment. And this happens like, just like weird heating shit going on all the time, uh, where it gets cold. Close my mind. Yeah, I um, you know, one time in uh, oh man, this must have been like almost ten years ago, I guess. 
we had a moment where there was a blizzard and things froze over and my apartment didn't have uh, power for four or five days. And my girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time worked at a hospital and we had like no fucking money in the bank and we had no heat at our place and we had no food or ways to heat it up. So we would go to her job. We would go to the fucking hospital, like on her days off or while she was at her work. Like I would show up there and we would swipe her badge to get dinner. Like we would order like a motherfucking, you know a grilled cheese and french fries and swipe her badge with like a veggie salad or whatever and uh we ate that way Holy for like God. a whole week <laughs> that was, it was a really wild time like i just felt i just knew at was that, that point, in, i felt like ohio? i felt like i was gonna get in trouble yeah it was in ohio but I, the whole time i was like someone is gonna be mad that i'm doing this but yeah it came, just came out of her paycheck and like um I, we had a roommate at the time and he came with me and like we all three of us were eating and just figure like couldn't figure out how the fuck to make it, you know? Yeah, I've never been out of like I've always been very lucky with the power situation. Like it never really goes out for very long for me. Maybe like a half hour. I don't know what I would do. Like I guess I would just go sleep at a friend. I have a bunch of friends I can sleep at their house, but like uh, I also hate sleeping at other people's houses, and I like being cold. So it just depends on. But I couldn't have my fan going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be able to sleep. I don't know. I'm always hot. So any chance, like my heat barely, my heat only gets turned on about two months out of the year when it's like really, really fucking cold. Because I'm, I'm anti heat. in the winter there? Uh, we got down to at least like negative 10. Motherfucker, uh, it's still 40 degrees. It was like 40 degrees today. Like even in April, it's last year it snowed in fucking April. Like this is a hell place. You get a very limited window of yeah. sun. My heat, I mean, my heat hasn't been on in the past few days. My no, house been, is like 50 degrees. For sure, man. I've been, I've been living off of the, I've had my, my air conditioning system like completely turned off. Like we just open the windows at night. It gets super cold and like we've been saving money, but like, uh, there's no reason to wake up in the morning and look towards like good weather. Like it's still pretty fucking atrocious. Well, it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow. 75. <laughs> it ain't today, man. Motherfucking nice. t- today it's was... Fo- it was 75 here, too. My, today, my bones were shaking because it was 45 degrees out and I was doing a hike. Yeah, I didn't... I don't like it when it's 45 oh, degrees for the record. I don't like that. I would rather it be warmer, but I also don't mind it because I'm always hot. Does your, does your heat come on, though, when it's 45 degrees? No, I, I usually don't because my house will stay w- warmer than that. I mean, if it got to 45 degrees in the house, I would turn the heat on. But if the, like, for me, it's like if the heat, it, like, for me, it's like the house will stay pretty fucking warm over a period of time if you keep the windows shut. So I, I hate, I like it when my house is 55 degrees. I think that is a very prime temperature for the inside of a house. No, that bounced me right out. I take advantage of all of the days that I can have a 55-degree house that I possibly can't, because during summer, you don't get to have a 55-degree house. that's why you want shoes inside, though, because you keep it so cold in there. Right, yeah, you that's know, probably why. Warmer, then you would be all barefoot all the time. I wouldn't, though. I, would, I don't like being barefoot. You would barefoot. never bare his feet. I'm always so hot. I'm just so hot all the time. <laughs> 
I'm always sweating. I really think it's I'm going to spontaneously combust. I've got it down to a science, though. Like, since, like, w- with touring with him now, staying in the same room, I sleep in sweatpants and the sweatshirt. And, like, this time I slept like a fucking baby. It was amazing because I was just, like, so hot. <laughs> it was just, like, in my realm. I was covered because the room gets so goddamn cold. And he'll be sitting there, like, shaking and stuff and i'm on top of the blankets and shorts and a short sleeve shirt i like it when my skin feels cold that's like my favorite my favorite feeling is to like take is to like take my hand and touch my skin and have it be cold to the touch that is just an incredible <laughs> feeling and it never happens i'm always hot i'm 100 percent of the time hot always hot it's i mean I, I i honestly a lot of times i just put the blanket over my head and just breathe really hard until I get like whatever, like a panic attack, and it's I'm like until the point no, where it's no, so. I really need that. Like it's really hot, and I feel like it's I'm going. When you strip down, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm going over the edge, but that's what I normally do before I go to bed, and then I, I sleep like a baby. So, and I think one of the reasons that <laughs> one of the reasons that I uh, one of the things I do, I, I'm just for a little behind the scenes about what my idea is behind the temperature is when I get into a hotel room, I go to the thermostat and if I can turn it to 60, that's where I go. But most of them only go to 65. But if I can get to 60, I turn it all the way down to 60 and then I put my fan right at the end of the bed and I turn the goddamn thing on and I blow cold air at me and eventually I have to get under the blankets. But it takes a long time to cool me down, man. I'm a yeah. hot body. I'm I think you know, you know what would be great is I need to get a nightcap. If I could have just a hat that covers my fucking ears and the top of my head, I think I would really like be super comfortable. The first thing that happens you know if what else me and I need? Brett ever had like Chapo money is separate hotel rooms. Oh, that would be fucking fantastic. <laughs> That's the first thing that happens if we ever get to that amount of money. Yeah, I was thinking for like traveling, I was thinking that like what i want is that like one thirty dollar meal is like really what i want i want to have like some sort of special drink like whether it's kombucha or ipa or fucking tea and like a starter and all of that stuff like i want a really extravagant meal that's what i want when i'm fucking out there on the road that's the only thing that makes me feel comfortable you know yeah i like being (laughs) cold that's what makes me feel comfortable is coldness and uh drugs drugs also that's a good one those are two things. Yeah. I'm with the drugs and you know, I gotta say I'm with Brett. Luxury for me really is someone else cooking my meal. Yeah, uh, I yeah. hate it though because when you're on the it's, road for like two, the luxury. We were just on the road for eleven days and every day eating out of boxes is not great. It's hard to do. I mean yeah. you can't you can't get a winner every single time. And like if, I mean, we did have some good food, but other times it was just grueling. And you just want to be in the hotel. A lot of times you're just, I'm just tired and I want to sit down and relax. And like, you just drove six hours. You don't want to go sit at a fucking restaurant. And so then you end up just eating out of boxes. Yeah, I could. Sucks. But touring I I could never tour. Vacation. I go on vacation and I take two weeks. And the first three days, I need to just lay down in the hotel. Because (laughs) traveling, even taking the airplane, I need like a couple days. Yeah, before I'm for ready sure. to do anything fun or be like a, an enjoyable person to be around. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't. I'm. We're doing vacation later this month, and or later in July, we're doing vacation, and I, I like, I just can't even imagine what it's going to be like to have three weeks off. I don't even know what I'm going to fucking do. Yeah, 
So I'm excited. Well, thanks we, for calling in. We gotta okay. get this last call in, and then I'm all going. Right, all home. right. Hope to see. One he more call to, to somewhere. Yeah, that motherfucker Shit, just he's burned some... in the internal flame of he's hell. Gonna be in Chicago, which means we'll probably see them because we're always in Chicago. Yeah, we do it, shows in Chicago all the time. Perfect timing. We have the perfectest timing ever. We're, we're gonna wrap this up by midnight. Let's see what our last caller has to say here. I hope they're a gem. A gem. They better be. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Oh, Who are we talking hello? to? Are you a gem? Hey, my name is Winston. Um, I'm calling from San Francisco. Good cigarette. What's up, uh, Winston? Hey. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I wanted to, first of all, shout out Columbus, Ohio, because when I was a kid, like, all the older anti-racist action people that I knew were all from Columbus. So I, Ohio's always had a good place in my heart because of the Cincinnati riots and the Toledo riots. So, yeah. shout out to Ohio. We have sharps here too. There was a lot of sharps in the nineties that were like doing hate crimes. I mean, what they call they called them hate crimes because it was against white supremacists. But it, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I, I've always loved or like had a warm feeling about the city of Columbus. But second of all, I wanted to plug a conference that I'm helping to organize in May. It's called the Revolutionary Organizing Against Racism Conference. Third year we've done it, and it's in the Bay Area. Um, May 18th, 19th, free conference, and it's just a space for people to organize against racism in a revolutionary manner. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, it's really cool every year. The first day we always do it in Oakland, second day in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, if people are either in the Bay Area or like want to come out, they should check us out. Uh, we have a website at roar-conference.com, and the Instagram is roar underscore A-R-A, like on Instagram. I don't know. It's a really fun time. Um, well, we've definitely had like elder, like uh, weathermen and like Black Panther folks come speak, and then also like newer people that do stuff with like border issues. So I don't know. It's a really fun time. So I just wanted to give a plug for that, but I don't want to keep you guys that long. So that's all I had to say. Well, thank you for calling. Yeah, that that's was awesome. Yeah, that was I mean that's call. awesome. I love that stuff. Like I'm so lazy yeah, about like, my activism. If you're ever back in the Bay, we will. If you hit any of us up, a lot of the like. Uh, a lot of our little world of people out here, like anti-authoritarian side of things, all work at service places. So, if you ever want to go to very, very fancy restaurants, we will take you there. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah we yeah, want to get that. back out there. Honestly, we're we all making a. F- we're doing a thing. Oh, sorry, I was like, we could just take you out. <laughs> we're doing a thing this summer in 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 August that is going to determine maybe whether we get back to the west coast at the by the end of the year we we're trying to figure out like a new special super tour thing that we want to do and we want to get back out there and do stuff we'll be there soon we loved it out yeah. there and yeah, I, it, I saw you guys in oakland but i was like too shy slash lazy to like stand in the line to talk to you guys you know what <laughs> that the, that oakland show somebody is in that oakland show someone came up to me and handed me a little tiny bag of cocaine that they had done like the much <laughs> very barrier. No, they had done like 90% of it. And they were like, man, this shit's pretty <laughs> good. Like get on it. And it was just like the corner of a fucking bag. And I'm like, you are such an <laughs> asshole right now. Like you should have bought two. Oh well, yeah. We can, Why did you we get have, me started on this? And then I can't go anywhere. <laughs> that is a, you know, I personally only ever done cocaine one night. And it was the night of the inauguration last, the last, you know, like 2016. And it was at the Golden Bowl, so you know, shout out the Golden Bowl. Because <laughs> I generally am straight edge, but I was like, you know, the world's ending. Fuck it. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love it. 
Yeah, and uh, if you're going to be in Las Vegas in May, like I need some, a hookup for sure. Oh, no, I don't know anyone in Las Vegas. No, no, I'm talking to other people who listen to the show. <laughs> the no. Las Vegas, right? No, I'm doing like all – have you heard about The Secret? It's this book that really like untaps the potential <laughs> of the universe. If you go on the internet and you tell people – um, you want illicit drugs? They'll just like fucking offer them to you. This happened. Like I love it drugs. turns out, people like to make money from selling drugs, and they'll do it for you. So, oh man, I should you know I should maybe. <laughs> All right, anyway. For the people that yeah, ski in Denver, Colorado, if you're a skier in <laughs> in uh, Denver, Colorado, I need to, a bump. Uh, All right. Well, thank yeah, but thanks for calling in and hooking us up with like real activism because you know I'm just doing degeneracy here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You, oh wait, actually, I really appreciate what you guys do because I actually decided to open my heart to wrestling because of you all. Mm. And my friend Juan, who is a gay man and is Latino, is who taught me about wrestling. Now I go watch wrestling with him. And, you know, uh, we went to see Lucha Libre fights that are really cool. Oh, yes. Where, like, it was a benefit for a local high school. And, like, half the crowd, or the whole crowd was, like, losing their mind. And the good guys or whatever were uh, were like Mexicans. The bad guys were the Border Patrol, and it was amazing. It was one of the coolest things I've ever been to. So, yeah, so I you mean, guys have definitely opened my heart to wrestling. You know, the <laughs> thing about it is, uh, I mean, I, I'd love to like, I'd love to deride it, but there's just nothing like it in the world. It's such a unique like live experience as far as entertainment goes, and it is so fucking fun. And the people involved with it can be so amazing and it's like there it's just such a unique experience that you cannot get yeah. anywhere else in the world. Well and it's kinda of like I don't know, growing up going to punk shows, having this like electrifying feeling of being like, this is a weird thing that just these people are really into and yeah. that's cool. So like it's like that or, you know, being in the streets with your friends or I don't know, it's it's I totally get the appeal of it. And also I remember one person was like when you say wrestling is fake, do you go to, like, actors and be like, you know, this play is fake, dog? That, I always say that. I was like, yeah, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So I think when someone explained that concept to me, it really, like, affected uh, the way I thought of it. So, yeah, I'm always like, did you know Breaking yeah, Bad I, is also fake? Fucked up, but true. Yeah, that show yeah. is oh, fake. I bought that, that friend of mine, the book about, the comic book about wrestling because of listening to it on your show. He loved it, so. Yeah. Thanks for the gift idea. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, here's the thing. Uh, it, it, I can understand why people don't like it because it is kind of goofy and it is, I mean, what people consider to be low culture, I guess, is yeah, how they describe it. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, like, I grew up, like, watching it and I love it. And uh, I think that a lot of interesting things can happen in a room when you give the audience input on the way that the show runs. And that's what wrestling yeah, does. Sure. That's what we try to do. You you want to give audience the in like input on the thing because like with something like stand up comedy where where their whole thing is like with something like stand up comedy where their whole thing is just sit here and listen to me and be quiet or like a play or something like that. Like the I don't I try to think like well what's the point in even doing this live at this point. Because yeah, sure. you're just supposed to be sitting and listening. You can do that on TV and sit in your living room, which is probably yeah, stupid. Yeah, like sit in your bedroom on your phone and do the same thing. Like, yeah. Look at the, yeah. But with wrestling, like, you run the fucking show, you know? Uh, they do what they're going to do, but, like, they depend on you to yeah, boo the sure. right guy and to cheer the right person and to... 
and to like they depend on you and and it's brave to go out and do something like that and also like yeah, just sure. the the there's like queer wrestling world now and like oh yeah we were gonna go to that like, I remember I was in, like I was in New Orleans and there's some I can't remember what it's called but they were telling me about how there's like a whole like queer gay wrestling world there and then also New York City I know there's yeah we were gonna like, go it was called a matter of pride and it was a tournament and oh, yeah, uh, yeah that's it AEW just hired Sunny. Sunny Kiss and uh, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is a trans woman wrestler, and Sunny Kiss, she's badass too. And Sunny Kiss is a is a. I think I don't I don't know I I, I don't want to like speak for them or anything, but they just hired them, and like uh, I mean the people I've talked to, especially people who are like into drag and stuff like that, they basically just think wrestling is like drag. It's, it's oh, it like, certainly is. That's why I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's just like going to any drag show, which is like, I think I grew up, like we grew up in this punk scene. I'm from North Carolina, and it was like a punk rock slash queer slash trans drag scene. So like, that's just the world I come from. But I always didn't like wrestling because I was one of those freak kids that like, like Nine Inch Nails like you talked about in the past. Yeah, well, with, with <laughs> so the wrestling like, thing like too, <laughs> with, I think people that get into punk, like really i think understand the ethos of indie wrestling and like hustling oh, yeah, for sure. and selling their shirts and creating their character and like touring the country for like 50 bucks you know like i think yeah like if, you like just like go around like basically just because you're like this is what i feel like i need to do not because you're making any money <laughs> yeah and, and maybe in the end they end up you know signed and making a bunch of money like there is that there is that possibility but like yeah. a lot of people are doing this because like the they love it. Of the wrestling world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, like <laughs> the the only thing about the wrestling world that sucks is like getting signed isn't selling out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like well, it's like guys that you like. Right, and guys that you like get signed, and you're like, great, now I can't watch them anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. No one's like mad at like rappers for having shoe deals. So I don't care if they have like get signed to like. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like that anymore either. I was like, you know, if you yeah. see somebody you like on t- I remember when Corn did that Puma commercial, I was hot under the collar oh, yeah. about it. And now I'm just like, like oh, whatever. Corn is an Adidas band, so it's a, you know, they shouldn't have a Puma commercial. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> Well, if you look into like the early 2000s and you start looking at pictures, you will see that he switched to Puma for a period. Oh, and that's I, because they got a Puma. When I was even younger, I did buy my first Adidas track jacket, not because of hip hop, but because of course. I did yeah. too. But Adidas, they, it was a thing I sh- I've never admitted to anyone before. Right. They used to make him kilts and they used to make him those sequined outfits. But then yeah, when he signed with Puma, good. he just started wearing Puma shit out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, that's fucked up, man. Like, yeah. you were Adidas. They, like, don't play the song Adidas anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think they still did that. But, you, I mean, yeah, they have a song called fucking Adidas. You can't start wearing Puma. You have to have some, like, some kind I mean, of whatever, thing. you know, it's all corporate. Yeah. Who cares? But it's funny. Yeah, I mean, you should have a credence. Like, you should have some sort of code that you live by. It's like, fuck it, I tied myself to this yeah, thing. Of course. I mean. The yeah. song made me money. Like, I'm just going to run with it. Yeah. And Adidas well, yeah, is cool. I, I guess I don't see these bands Adidas or, like, isn't wrestlers cool. and, like, capitalists, you know? I'm like, if you have a you know, strong ethos of, like, I stand by anti-capitalist politics, here's my argument. Yeah, that would be embarrassing if you're like, no, I do a Puma commercial. But if you're like, 
a wrestler who's like, I want to make it big, then it's cool that you made it big. <laughs> yeah, and I <laughs> think, like, any... You know, it makes sense. I think, you know, if you talk to a lot of artists or wrestlers or anybody who does, like, a passion thing, like, if for even me, it's like... Your dream, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but most people I've met dream to make their living doing the thing that they love to do. Yeah, of course. And, and aren't dreaming for $12 million in a fucking Italian villa. But I would love to have yeah, that. Of course. But, yeah, I mean, that'd be sick, but you know. But, but I, mean, I understand. Know, not the money, but the Italian villa is, uh, I mean, anarchists in Europe that have squats in these crazy-ass places. Barcelona, <laughs> I've stayed to squat that's like a... Former uh, Guardia Seville, like the fascist police, people squatted their police station <laughs> on the top of this hill near Park Güell, and it's this fucking giant squat that has like a giant poster or billboard or sorry mural that says uh, "Tourists, you are the real terrorists" in English, facing this like uh, famous park. You know, so, yeah, it's like if you make, meet anarchist squatters in Europe, you get to stay in these amazing places. <laughs> Hell yeah, we <laughs> should go to free. Europe, Brad. That's oh, yeah, well. Okay. I mean, also it's terrifying now because they're like way farther fascist stuff there, where people are you know. Old people. Yeah. You know, here well, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the world's crazy, but yeah, Europe is great, and yeah, we're not I mean, doing too great. World, like, we're not doing too great with the fascists yeah. here. Oh, no, this place is lousy all. with them. Yeah, I mean, you can get killed <laughs> anywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, days. of course, of course. All right. It's well, just one of those things I always because yeah, whenever I've been out in other parts of the world, people are like. I remember when I was younger, people were like, what do you support George Bush? I was like, I'm in an interview at a conference. Clearly, <laughs> George Bush. Right. <laughs> I was like, also, if we're going to blame things on people, you have a statue of Christopher Columbus in the middle of your city. But we do clearly, too. Yeah. we believe in other things. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you need to take your shit. We're American. You know, we come from an awful yeah, place. Of like, if somebody calls you out on it, you should be able to fucking yeah, bust balls with the international audience, you know? Like, I don't expect yeah, to, yeah. to roll into fucking Berlin, Germany with, like, some sort of radical new ideas about, you know, the welfare state. Yeah, of course, of course. But it's, you know, anyway, I just wanted to call it and, yeah, shout out that conference and mostly show love to you guys and to Ohio in general. It's a respectable place to be from. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for calling. I appreciate it. And go to the conference, yeah. people. Yeah. Learn about anti-racism, please. conferencecom Sweet. Yeah, thanks for calling in, everybody. We really appreciate it. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope your Easter was the bomb. Uh, the bomb dot com is that better? It's the bomb. Just the bomb. Just the bomb. Uh, thanks for calling in, everybody that did so. We're going to be back later this week on Wednesday. We'll do our live show. You can watch us live stream. You can just subscribe to the show. But if you want more of what we do, and if you want to make sure that like idiots like us. Uh, can proliferate and like make more uh, content and create new things and do all of that, head over to patreon.com where you can sign up to get access to our zine, to our bonus shows, to uh, our live videos and all of that stuff. Patreon.com support the show. That's what we need. And like I said, you know, we're not trying to fuck you up when it comes to live shows. If we charge $15 for a ticket, it's because the venue wants $7. And so we have to. They want fucking 35% of everything that we do. So uh, we appreciate the support that we get. And someday I feel like there's going to be this really chill existence that we can all get behind and uh, not be up each other's asses and making people work overtime and stuff. 
until then it's going to be pretty awful but like we'll get there eventually and and i hope you're down for the cause and we'll keep tuning in each week we're street fight radio peace